Welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stackin here with you, fresh from the Black Hills, and uh, pleased to be joined by my friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Krins. Travis, how are we doing? Great. The traveler. Yes. To the western part of the state. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, Krins, the Black Hills are a thing of beauty. Like, as for as bad as, you know, like, as embarrassing as South Dakota's government, or, you know, governor is, and... You know, some sometimes like the little mishaps, like uh, oh, I don't know, Dakota News now uh, throwing, uh, you know, you know, in an Avera medical minute during the SDSU uh, game against Sam Houston State. For all the issues that sometimes South Dakota has, the Black Hills are absolutely beautiful. Yeah, they're they're good. They're good. As well as things where it's completely different from one end of the state to the other, and you go out there once in a while, and it's you know it's. It's like uh, four hours away from Sioux Falls or Mitchell, three and a half, four and a half hours away. And if you live in the state, you've probably been there numerous times. And you almost take it for granted that you don't really spend a whole lot of time there looking at stuff. You see Mount Rushmore, I've seen it probably two times. Went there once as a kid, I mean, went there a while another time, maybe yeah. as a teenager. And you, you know, maybe go back and it's not changing. It looks nice and everything, but something you should do and to me, sports and everything uh, I was out in Rapid City didn't do anything in Rapid City just me and Marcus mm-hmm. weren't uh, doing anything like that with the mountains but I was out in Sturgis a couple of years ago for baseball and I I was out there by myself and I golfed a course a couple of courses like out in uh, the Deadwood area in Sturgis kind of in the mountains and those were beautiful courses Hot Springs did you so, attempt that one because I saw a commercial for that one and that looked outstanding no, went to, went to Hot Springs once on the S on the uh, West Central High School bus when we did the games. Okay, that was to get to the dome, and that was way that's way that's way out there. I'm, I'm closer mm-hmm. to Denver than I am to Falls when I go to Hot Springs. <laughs> I was that is sur- way out there. I was surprised, I, and shame on me. I thought Sturgis was further east than. Um, like a, a little further east of Rapid City and not uh, as far north west. as it is in west. So um, a little surprise there. I would see Mount Rushmore anytime. I just, I'm, I'm always mesmerized when I go there. It's great. And the ice cream there, top-notch praline pecan, is fantastic. What's that? Travis, think we lost you. Oh, oh, here we go. Are you there? Yep, yep, I'm there. Okay, Hold on. yep. I, I'll light it just out. I lost you when you said your mom went out something. You, you said your mom went out somewhere uh, to Mount Washington. Hold, Hold on, a second. Okay. All right, uh, so you were saying uh, something about your mom or going out there? Yeah. Uh, my uh, parents went out there a while ago, a few years ago, and apparently Keystone has this great pizza. I don't even think it's there anymore. The restaurant closed or something, but apparently they it's this huge pizza that they really like. So, yeah, the ice cream, the pizza, some of the things that maybe you don't expect, but it's it's good. And then we went to Al's Oasis in Chamberlain yeah. or Wacoma and They've got the pie, and my yep. mom goes, uh, from Chamberlain, she got to stop by with the pie, because it's that good. So. Yep. 
Absolutely is. The strawberry pie is to die for. It's very good. Uh, interesting. You know, I see in Keystone, because we stayed we stayed right outside of Keystone. So, you know, we went and we did uh, like Bear Country and, you know, Reptile oh. Gardens and Dinosaur Museum. Noah loved the Dinosaur Museum. It was an absolute hit for him. Um, but in Keystone, there's a boss's pizza and chicken there. And apparently they have cheesesteaks yeah. now. Like, this is like, I, I didn't realize Bosses was that big. I mean, that used to be in Brookings. We'd go there every once in a while. Uh, but I was very surprised. And, you know, Bosses has been a, a sponsor, or like a, a food sponsor, at the Summit League tournament every every so often. So I was very surprised to see that out there. But Mount Rushmore was great. Prairie and Pecan ice cream, outstanding. The hills in general, just very nice. It was foggy and, and rainy and stuff, so we were fortunate to see uh, Mount Rushmore there. But it, it's just a very nice area. Keystone, a few of the shops, a few too many, um, uh, I don't know, far, far right-leaning yeah, uh, shirts, and a little for my liking. But, um, I mean, that. Uh, hey, you're in that kind of territory, or you know you're appealing to a certain demographic mm-hmm. there, so the gift shops are going to make their money. Uh, presidential wax museum in keystone very good i suggest if you go out there you spend a few hours there because you they have the audio wands now that you can listen to and they have a you know a trump statue is in there they are working on the biden display already so uh they really keep up to date with that stuff at the wax museum i was impressed and kelsey have you been out there before uh yes she had yep but your father-in-law had not correct he this was the first time that he had seen uh, he, he had never seen Mount Rushmore before, and he, he, he said he liked it, so that, that was good. Are there, are there a lot of people out there? It's kind of normal, what you expected? Um, you probably know, more, I mean, next weekend is probably going to be busier with the holiday. But. Sure was, but there were a lot of people out there. I played the license plate game uh, played oh, yeah. that, you know, whenever, you know, since I was a kid and stuff. So pretty much from the get-go started out there. We stopped in Wall Drug on Thursday, and by the time we left Wall Drug, so from... From Brookings to Waldrug, we saw 33 states, 33 different states. And I only missed two over the course of the trip, Hawaii and West Virginia. Saw every other state. Hawaii, you would expect, and then West Virginia, you probably, I don't know. Yep. Everybody went to West Virginia. Yep. Yep. So that was a... That was impressive. A lot of... I saw a couple of Maines, a couple of New Hampshire's, a couple of Rhode Islands. You don't expect all of those states to be out there, but uh, yeah, it was... uh, You know, it... Mount Rushmore is under construction right now, like the you know the the walking oh, areas and stuff. So like you can't go in like stand by the South Dakota flag. It's on like if you're walking towards the monument and it's on the left hand. You know they have all the flags on each side here, and uh, South Dakota's is on the left hand side. Well, they they had construction going on there, so that was blocked off. Uh, we didn't get to any of the trails, which was a bummer, but. Overall, a very good trip, and um, it was unfortunate that, that we missed you because of all places to be in at the, all the times, to be in Chamberlain on that same day is something else. Yeah, because we were at uh, the, the restaurant, and we were a mile away on the other side of the river looking at the, uh, the big Native American statue there. At around, the, around noon, I think is when we were there, 11 a.m. noon, we were, we were in the same area at the same time. Yeah. Just nuts. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, cause, yeah cause you sent me a picture, and then that time we were on our way back, and then, like, they were, we just went there. We just came from there. Mm-hmm. So, 
And that was, you know, when you went by Mitchell at all? Um, it's about it's not it's not an hour away, about fifty miles, fifty minutes, fifty minutes. Yeah, sixty-five miles. I, Whatever it was, it was yeah. it was close. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, there weren't very many people at the Cabela's when we drove by. Yeah, a little, little uh, surprised by that. But uh, very good, very good trip overall. I would go back again because uh, the Black Hills is very good. When you were, when you and Marcus were out there. Now, granted, we didn't like you know. You go into Keystone, you basically go off ninety, and you go. You're essentially going through the outskirts of Rapid City. Rapid City, uh-huh. very large town. It's very spread out. So, did you just go to the arena there, and then to a few yeah. restaurants and stuff? I know March Madness was going on, so you watched a few games out there. Um, but did you do a whole lot within the city of Rapid no. City itself? No, we, we did the games. We went out to eat at the McKinley River. Uh, a good pizza there. We went to the Shields. We were right across the parking lot. Then we walked around the downtown area. We were there for a few years ago for volleyball. And just trying to find a place to watch the basketball tournaments out in public and... There really wasn't, you know, you could have gone to like a Buffalo Wild Wings, but there really wasn't much there. Mm-hmm. So we just went out to a couple places, went out to a Mexican place, went out to another restaurant. So we, yeah, we did not, didn't do much. Because our one game was that we left on Thursday, got there Thursday, one game was late at 8.30. Uh, the next game was like at 2.30 in the afternoon, and then the last game was at 11 a.m. And then, of course, the basketball was trying to, uh, Mm-hmm. To keep tabs on that. So yeah, it was not much. Yeah, we'll be back, but we didn't do much besides go out and eat, walk around the downtown area. We didn't see any of the the tourist stuff. So. Not, not much sightseeing. <clears throat> well, yep. I, I again, I I love it out there. I would go back um, soon if I could. It, it's it's very nice, and certainly mm-hmm. uh, that's where the tourism industry is in South Dakota. Wall drug. Um, we stopped in uh, Murdo on Thursday. I'd never been to Murdo. They have that classic car museum there, stuff. So we didn't see that, but we stopped at this uh, restaurant cafe deal, and that was pretty good. Uh, but I'd never stopped in Murdo before, and I just—it's just amazing. Like all these little towns or various gas stations alongside the interstate there. Like that's all. They're completely dependent on that. Uh, you know, all these tourists and stuff just stopping in for a bite to eat or to get some gas and stuff. Because if that, if they weren't right along the interstate, out to you know going out to the hills, these towns would be non-existent practically. Yeah, I can't say I've been to Myrtle. Maybe I have. I can't. I can't remember. Not any time recently. But it's just yeah, these towns you go, you know, when you're headed out west or Rapid City or wherever, you just see these towns every so often. Um, in Kennebec and whatever else, Murdo, mm-hmm. uh, Lyman. And it's just so funny how it's, it's flat, and then you get to Chamberlain and you go past the river, then it's all the hills. Yep. It's completely different from the yep. flatness of the, across the river, then it goes to the hilly areas out west. Yep. And I don't know if you noticed there was a. There's a Mexican, I believe, a Mexican restaurant in Rapid City, I believe, and they've got very funny billboards oh, on the way. I didn't see that. Oh yes, like, yes, um, I did. Uh, it was a, uh, it was a uh, K. Um, oh Lord, I, I forget what it's called, but they're they're always good and they always catch my attention. Yes, there were like three of them there. I, yes. I do recall seeing these ones, and I was like, wow. Uh, 
Outstanding. And you could tell that some of these billboards have not been changed for decades. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. They're just like, well, I mean, it, we don't really need to pay for anything since we'll be, you know, like, people are going to come here regardless. I mean, you you have some new ones out there, like distilleries and stuff. I do remember the Mexican restaurant, though I can't recall. It was something like Que Pasa or... Um, oh, well, you know, the wall drug things, the last yes. scene on the Today Show, who the hell knows, that was 1987. Yep. Like you know, I, things like that. I mean, I saw like I think, 20 billboards for 1880 town. Yep, Matt. I think one of the, uh, the Mexican restaurants, I think I remember two of the billboards. One of them says, you know, something about like water, like, you know, eat our food out of water or something because making fun of bad water in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And another one is, our food is so good, Trump would build a wall out. <laughs> like, that. like that, was, that was a good one. So I'm like, yeah, that's. And then that's the place where I would go to go to that place just because the billboards were so entertaining. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. You see 100 billboards on the way there, and those those still stick out to me. Yes, absolutely. 110% agree with you here. So, uh, yeah. And I did some of the, like, I did a softball or a baseball game in Sturgis, mm-hmm. and I did uh, football in Sturgis this past fall, and it's great. The scenery, the trees, and the mountains, this backdrop that these kids have for their uh, sporting events is, is something else, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, like, the, obviously, you know, there's higher elevation, but it's not like, you know, Denver where it's a mile above sea level mm-hmm. or whatnot. But, you know, you don't feel like you're out of breath at all, you know, well, in the in this these areas. But, it's yeah, it's the scenic b- backdrop for a lot of these uh, towns out <clears throat> in the Black Hills is something else. Yeah, it's, it's very, 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 very impressive. Um, something. Have you been to Yellowstone? I've not been to Yellowstone. The last time I w- we we went out to the Black Hills, so this was over like ten years ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, we went to uh, Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Oh yes, yes. Because um, that's only like hour, hour twenty minutes away from from the hills there from black uh, from from rapid city so we saw that for the first time that was interesting but other than that i have not been in the state of wyoming i i just told uh, marcus that you had lunch last week in Murdo. he's like what <laughs> so that's that's very exciting uh i'll try and get him on the podcast this week to talk some uh to talk some hockey and disappointing wild um and uh does, has he ever been to Myrtle? I'll have to ask him. Okay. Oh, I, I would assume so. I would. He's been a lot of places. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever stopped in Myrtle. Maybe. Well. Of all places, though, Myrtle, South Dakota. Yeah, you can talk to Marcus about South Dakota geography. Yes. So yep. he says, I hope he didn't go to the car museum. And he, uh, oh, he I, I sure didn't. Sure didn't. We had other, places, other places yeah. to go. Uh, let's get to the uh, to the sports then going on here. Uh, NBA playoffs have started, and I can't say that I you know were, was certainly paying much attention to the games on Saturday. But you see the Clippers lose. That's awfully uh, surprising. But it seems like oh, it's the same old Clippers. And did we kind of talk last week about oh you're you know you kind of purposefully lose to the Thunder and the Rockets? to avoid the Lakers in the first round while karma might come back to bite you. I don't know if it's going to necessarily do that in this series with the Mavericks. I believe these two teams played last year and the Clippers escaped. But you'd never want to lose game one on your home court. 
Dallas or the Clippers did that. Denver lost on their home court to Portland. Uh, New York Knicks lost uh, in their first game to Atlanta. I'm like, yes, good job, Trey Young, way to go. Uh, but what stuck out to you most about these this first game of the NBA playoffs? I watched the Clipper, the um, the Knicks Hawks is the game I watched the most because everybody on Twitter was like, "Oh my God, the crowd! The crowd's going nuts! The big crowd for once in a game!" And they had so much to it. Yeah, I watched that, and, and, and it was a good game too. Uh, mm-hmm. The Knicks in the playoffs for the first time in a while, the crowd was lively. And that's kind of a 50-50 series and came down to the final second. So that should be a pretty competitive series. So watch a little bit of that. And the Suns-Lakers, hopefully the Suns win. That'd be exciting. Yep, absolutely. I have more interest in the Suns moving forward. We'll see if that happens. So that's about it. Again, I'm not... Again, like last week, I'm like, oh, I'm excited about this. And then it comes and decides, I just don't care. Um... Didn't see any of the play-in games. Don't care about that at all. Do you, I thought you watched Lakers. Did you watch Lakers-Warriors? No, I was in bed. Oh. It was uh, <laughs> a couple of blowouts, and then you had the Lakers-Warriors, which seemed like a good game. And it was 9 o'clock at night, and I go to bed at 10. I'm like, yeah, didn't catch any of that. LeBron so, hit the game winner, I think, after he got poked in the eye. He said he could barely even see. Yeah, there's something about him being, because he flops and fakes injuries a lot. But it's just like I've never... I don't think there's like ever been a superstar of his caliber that's done that as often as he's done it. Mm-hmm. Like fake injuries, you know, or like, like that. So, well, another reason to not care for him a whole lot. Right. So, well, and, and also specifically relating to LeBron, the he you know violated uh, COVID protocols, didn't wear a mask at this tequila uh, unveiling and stuff, and the NBA said, oh, no, that's fine, which – frustrates me. It, it doesn't surprise me because he, LeBron is the superstar, but it very much frustrates me, and I think this frustrated a lot of people, that there's a, a double standard when it comes to LeBron and this COVID stuff, and you have other guys like uh, Kevin Durant, who has gotten pulled multiple times from games for COVID protocols, and it's like, what, like shouldn't LeBron face some repercussions from this? And maybe that's, you know, why the, you know, maybe it's karma because the, the Suns beat them in game one, but the NBA needs to walk a fine line here, and I think they missed the boat on this. I think they missed the target on this one. This was not. This is not a good look for them, even though it's something that we all expected to happen. Yeah, they're not. He can do whatever he wants. He's not gonna, you know. He's not. He's not gonna be fined here. Maybe fined, but he's not gonna. They're not gonna suspend him for a playoff game for that. Right. They're just not. They're just not. Like we we moved out. I mean, we had about fifteen thousand people in Madison Square Garden. A lot of them were wearing masks, so that was good, even though they were probably vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But I saw somebody say like, this, "This is the weekend sports return," because you had the golf and a lot of people there. Yep. And you've got uh, the Twins. I think next weekend the Twins open up for full capacity, and a lot of other teams have already done that. So mm-hmm. a lot of people at the Braves game over the weekend. And you had, uh, it was like the, the Winnipeg Jets and the uh, Edmonton Oilers had nobody there. Yeah. Their game yesterday, so Canada's still pretty tight. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had all those basketball games with people and baseball games and the golf. And you had, you had normal crowds, and it, it does add, add a lot to the games. 
Yep, it, it sure does. We missed it. Carolina Hurricanes, I know, have had a pretty packed house for their for their games, which is good to see. Um, an, another note, I guess, the, the, the Jazz lost Sunday night to the uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies there, but Donovan Mitchell didn't play, and he's not very happy about that. Uh, we'll see where that goes. I fully expect the Jazz, though, to win uh, that series there. Again, you know, the Bucks win in OT against the Heat. Uh, it's just good that the Bucks win. They have to get by the Heat in this series. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, again, I expected the Nuggets to lose the series to the Trailblazers because of the Jamal Murray injury, and Portland's just playing really good basketball right now. Expect the Hawks to win. I'd love to see the 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 Suns beat the Lakers, but um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens uh, with these games. Did you? So this playing tournament, a lot of people seem to like it, but the games themselves, apart from Lakers, apart from Lakers um, Warriors and then Grizzlies Warriors, and I get that those are you know, that's two of the six games, so it's what thirty three percent. But the Eastern Conference was just terrible. It's just absolutely awful. So, I mean, like, you, you, you could say that for the success? past twenty years, the Eastern Conference is terrible. Yeah, you could say that. That's a, you could say that just in general. But like the Hornets were blown out by twenty-seven to the to the Pacers, and I think you know they even they outscored them in the fourth quarter. Like, it was just an absolute embarrassment. This this game that they played, I mean, the Wizards didn't play all that well against the the Celtics in you know in the second half. But uh, let, let me get this pulled up here. I know I have it. Oh yeah, yeah the Celtics uh, like playoffs, right? Uh, no, Celt- Celtics did. The uh, the Celtics Pacers did. Yeah, uh, the Celtics. Right. What? I don't even know what's going on. He had Philadelphia. Philadelphia played Washington. Boston's playing Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn's playing Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, like I, I don't, I don't need, I don't want to see a bunch of under five hundred teams. People like, oh look at this. I'm like, couple of good games, couple more. I don't care about their nine seed. Who the fuck could care about Indiana playing sharp? Right. Well, I mean, who the, the fuck could care about Memphis? Fan like, I mean, like, this the is whole... bad. This is gonna stick around. All of this is bad. Yep. The Hornets get blown out by the Pacers, and the Pacers get blown out by the Wizards. Just like this is this is dumb, guys. This is not this is not good basketball to watch here. So we'll see how that ultimately goes. But uh, people seem to like it. The NBA apparently is looking for a midseason tournament um, for next year. That seems like a terrible idea. Like what? Like who? Who could care? Like what is on the line here? What are they going to put on the line? Like nothing. Uh, I. A top a playoff seed, a draft pick. Like, why should I care about you know a February tournament between whoever a one year? And then I heard somebody say, "Oh, they should make the playoffs and one game deal like the NCAA tournament." Well, it's yeah, pretty exciting, but shit, then you'd have Memphis, uh, you know, an eighty game season, and then you're gonna have Memphis beat Utah, and then Memphis moves on. It's like, I don't know. Like, well, it just, it we doesn't... want the good teams in there. This and is. It's go back to a five game. They, they, they never go back, but I like it when the first round was a five game series. Yeah, I mean that would be fine. Uh, they won't do that though for television purposes. But I mean, this isn't like in college basketball where you have the battle for Atlantis and uh, you know the Maui Invitational and all these other tournaments with various other teams during the regular season. Like, there's so much 
at stake, you know, in, in college basketball with these regular season games and non-conference and, and whatnot. But with the NBA, like, what what the hell does this tournament do? Like, this does nothing. What does it say like the Emmys in soccer, I think? Like, what? Like, why would I care? Mm-hmm. Just this, what is that, money? Draft picks? Playoff positioning? Like, what, is, what is like a line in these tournaments? Like we we well, we're very unlikely to ever see Wyoming play Clemson in college basketball unless it was in one of these tournaments. Sure. And you know what? Because in the NBA every team plays one another, you know, twice a season in a normal season. This a tournament does absolutely nothing. It adds no intrigue at all because you. It's not like you are playing a foreign opponent, you're playing a team that you always see in the regular season. So it's just, it's dumb, uh, but uh, the NBA does this a lot, and people su- uh, slurp it up. So uh, all the power to them. All the power to them on that. And the, the Golden State Lakers game was the, I think, the most watched game of the year outside of the All-Star game and Dallas Lakers on Christmas. So it's the it's third most watched game, second most watched. Wow. And it's going to be a while until there's like 6 million people. So it was a late game that people were interested in. So yep. they probably not a game in this round or maybe the next round that's going to get that. But uh, a lot of people were interested, at least in, in that one game. Yep. I could see Lakers' sons maybe being uh, having... If there's like a game seven in the area. Yep. Yep. Indeed. So uh, any other thoughts, anything that you're looking at there this next week of the NBA playoffs? Uh, Albert is retiring. Yes, yep. He doesn't sign and listen to him much. He doesn't sound as good as he used to. No, he, he doesn't. doesn't. He doesn't have the same level in that voice. He's 80 years old, so he's probably getting out. Getting out at a good time. And this doesn't have the uh, the energy level that sounds like much anymore, and he's 80 years old. So I did hear, um, I saw a couple of things, uh, people mentioned that on Twitter. Like, uh, you know what, maybe this is the... Maybe he's going at this a little too long. Maybe he should have retired last year or the year before. Um, yeah, like he, had, he didn't do the bubble last year. And, yeah, he wants to call it quits this year. 80 years old. Get another decade in here, 2021. Mm-hmm. So he's been doing it for 55, 60 years. And he doesn't look 80. And it was a couple of years ago. Like, geez, look, he's you know, up for 70s and he still sounds good. So yeah. he's, he's been the voice of the NBA for the past. 30 years, 25 years, 30 years. Yep, I remember listening to him on, or watching him on NBA on NBC. I yep. mean, that, that was great. And uh, Kevin Harlan should become the guy now. For TNT, he should become their number one guy. Kevin Harlan or Ian Eagle would be the Kevin only Kevin Harlan should, should be the guy. Okay. He's, he's got the voice. He's, he does. He's the next guy. Yep. He's the next guy. He's and he's got you know, the stupid NBA thing of two days off between some of these teams played Sunday. They won't play until Wednesday. Yep. So, it takes forever. I'll see what game ends up on NBA TV. But, um, you know, some of the Lakers intrigue me. Um, you know, if Memphis can keep doing something, that'd be intriguing. Atlanta Knicks should be a good series. Yep. Uh, everything else. I mean, Clippers, Mavericks should be fine. I don't care about it at all. So, unfortunately. So, I, not, yeah, I don't. Yeah. You know, no second round of the East, yeah, I'm going to say that maybe. To get to know like, if Brooklyn plays Milwaukee, maybe that's up. Milwaukee, Miami should be a good series. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Wake me up when there's a game six or seven. 
I guess. I hate it, it. We've talked about this, and you just mentioned it, um, but I've mentioned it over the years how much I hate the NBA schedule. Like it just doesn't mean it, you don't need two days, two full days off in between games. No, Nets, Celtics, and Clippers, Mavericks will play their game threes on Friday, May twenty eighth. They played their first game the last Saturday. They, so they opened up the playoffs, and they don't play their third game until Saturday. So between. Saturday and Friday, they play one game. That's ridiculous. And the NBA... I feel like back, back in the day, they had doubleheaders mm-hmm. on TBS and TNT. And they had four games a night. That's how you have... That's how much remembering something. I feel like that's the way it was in the 90s. You had TBS, you had TNT, mm-hmm. and you had two games on. And uh, NBC would have triple headers. Yep. They had there every, every weekend. They'd have games Saturday. They'd have games Sunday. And ABC just—I think they've got uh, got some first-round games coming up, which they usually don't do, but now they are. It's like it's—it you know, just isn't the same as it used to be. And mm-hmm. there's—I got NBA TV. Will they get it to that? So. Yep. So here's your here's your NBA TV games this week. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. So no no games on Monday. So we have mm-hmm. there's one game Tuesday, one game Wednesday, one game Thursday. Oh boy. Memphis, Utah seems like an NBA TV game. Um, are they in there anymore? No, they are not one of the three. Uh, Washington Sixers seems like an NBA TV. That is correct. That is on Wednesday. That's on Wednesday. Not the Lakers. Not probably the Clippers. Oh, the Knicks. You like the Knicks? I'd say net Celtics, but it's the Celtics. Miami Bucks seems like it, but you got Giannis. Uh, I don't know. There's so, two other so, games, two other series that have games out there. So Tuesday's NBA TV game is Mavs at Clippers. Mavs Clippers. And you got the Wednesday game right. That was the the Celtics net or uh, the Wizards seventy sixers, excuse me. And then Thursday Nuggets Trailblazers. Nuggets Trailblazers, I guess, would be the one. Because yep. you need the Clippers, or you need the uh, the Knicks and Lakers on, on the big channels. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to give that away. So Nope. Absolutely not. Oh. So there's that. Um, yeah, just Basketball. Yep. Dumb. Um, but it is what it is, so uh, we'll, we'll keep following that uh, here, and we'll... We'll see what happens. Again, I'd, I'd like the Hawks to sweep the Knicks because that would be funnier than hell for me. But um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. The, I should have started with this instead of the NBA playoffs. But Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson. Yep. I and that's a, that's on my that's my fault. The PGA Championship really snuck up on me. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. Ex- I forgot it was even happening. Tuesday, I, I, I certainly probably when we talked last week didn't know about it. Yep. I don't think. Yep. I totally forgot that it was happening. Uh, you know, this week, I knew it was playing uh, in South Carolina on the on the ocean course there. Kind of somewhat. I got to assume by Myrtle Beach there. Uh, Kauai Island. I don't think it's you know it's not Kauai Leonard's Island, but it's Kauai Island. Whatever the hell it is. It's got a weird name. But this is it was a historic tournament because Phil Mickelson, who misses uh, who's missed a lot of cuts, especially in majors in recent years, 
defied the odds, finally won the PGA Championship. I believe that's the, the championship that, or that that's the major that's gotten away from him. Um, he won it at 50 years old. He's the oldest player ever to win a major. And, uh, I mean, he at one point, I think Saturday, had a four-stroke lead. It was down to one entering Sunday. He bogeys the first hole. Brooks Kepka birdies, and the, all of a sudden Brooks Kepka's in the lead. And, yes, there's a lot of golf, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, no, Phil Mickelson isn't going to, to win this thing here. Then he has an amazing um, bunker shot that he chips in uh, on another hole. Soon after that, Brooks Kepka falls apart. So the drama in this final round wasn't really there because uh, Phil Mickelson won by four or five strokes. But it's still just amazing that it was Phil Mickelson. Yep, it was Phil Mickelson at age 50 finally winning the PGA Championship. He hit the, the U.S. Open over one aspect. Oh, the U.S. Open. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. It, it, so he won the PGA. Uh, he won that before. Okay. That, and see, I'm getting so confused with the way this PGA Championship is. Because normally the U.S. Open is the second major. So that's why. Okay. My bad. You know, just, just scratch that from the from the record books there. Uh, because I didn't. I, I knew it was the U.S. Open. What am I doing here? I'm still. I don't know. Maybe my head's still in the clouds in the mountains there up at Mount Rushmore. Regardless, though. Huge victory for Phil Mickelson to be able to pull off this historic feat. Yeah, I uh, when we talk about the golf majors, I always say I, I don't care about it because there's nobody there I'm interested in. We didn't care about Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters. I already forgot he'd won it until it popped up today. I'm like, oh yeah, he, he won, I guess, the Masters a month ago. But I was interested in this. I watched watched this weekend, watched the back nine when I got back from Chamberlain and like he like I said, he's the biggest star not named Tiger Woods who's out there right now. And I mean what he turns fifty one next month. So he's almost fifty one years old. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was very unexpected. He he was done winning majors. He hasn't won one in a long time and been a couple of years since he's won an actual tournament. And He's got uh, the senior tour. He's on that once in a while. He's had a couple events there and dominates there. So he's too good for the senior tournament, but not good enough for the PGA. So when he got out to a good start, you're like, yeah, maybe this is something. And then once you get to Saturday, it's like, yeah, he's, this is this is his tournament to win. Yep. And I mean, he didn't play lights out, but then nobody did. Right. He it was one over. On Sunday, and he was hitting it in the crowd, and the last hole, 18th hole, he hit it in the crowd, and a lot of, you know, swings where it's like, well, if this guy can birdie and he can bogey, we got ourselves a, a bit of a final round here, but I think they got within two shots, and he won by two shots, so yep. there, were, there was some drama there at the end. Um, he hit it in the water, I think, on Saturday, in the movie Ustase, and both hit it in the water on the same shot. Mm-hmm. So that uh, created some drama there. It was incredibly and windy on Sunday. Were, were the conditions as windy on Saturday, too? I didn't see the... I don't know. It was... I don't know how windy they were. But, like, he was hitting it in the crowd, and here and there, it felt like Brooks Kepke every time I saw him uh, hit a shot. He was in the sand somewhere, so he did not play well. Mm-mm. If Phil Mickelson wasn't there, I think there was a point where five, six, seven guys were two under or so. Yep. In the last, uh, last uh, six, seven holes, so... Uh, that would have been exciting. But I would have, I would have been watching it even if Phil wasn't there, if it was that tight of the leaderboard. But I'm sure the ratings will be 
larger than normal mm-hmm. because um, he's a draw and and he won this thing. What what, what a deal! And something, something historic like that. That's you got to watch something like that. Yep. Yeah, and to and to your point, Bill or Bill Phil bogeyed three of the final five holes, uh, including the par three seventeenth there to kind of push him back. I mean, he had a four or five stroke lead there for a while. Uh, Brooks Kepka had a string after he birdied the opening hole. Double bogey on the par five second. He birdied the sixth and then had four bogeys in his next uh, eight holes. So, I mean, that's yeah. not great. And then he had a couple birdies there at the end, finished the final four holes at two under. But, I mean... If he wasn't really in contention. Louis Oosthuizen, uh, he had a double bogey on a par four, thirteenth hole, got a six. He did get a birdie on sixteen there, but I mean, again, wasn't really in contention. This was really Phil's tournament to lose there down the stretch, and he almost coughed it up, but did enough to win it. Again, it's just remarkable because this guy has missed so many cuts in majors in recent years, and I think a lot of people never really expected. Phil to be able to win another major and for him no. to do this not not convincingly but you know with enough of a cushion uh especially in that final round to be able you know to afford to be able to make a few mistakes here or there that's something else thank hey, everybody had a hole or two which they could probably which they would want back and if he doesn't make that little war that bunker shot on sunday you know if he uh doesn't make it if he gets it close and then puts it in then he wins by one instead of two so that would have made it even even more exciting so you know he that, that may have won in the tournament right there that that, that bunker shot yeah absolutely absolutely so congrats to phil on winning the pga championship here uh the u.s open the, remains elusive for him i think it will be that way but again just fantastic do it now. We're going to see uh, the U.S. Open in June, and then the Open Championship. Um, let's see when that the U.S. Open is. I, I do like. I guess 20. I do like the PJ Championship here. Yes, I do because too. I mean, there's you know, it gets close to Labor Day and football season. Mm-hmm. Then once that happens, people stop paying attention to golf. So it's kind of like the way they change things. There's a big tournament every month. Mm-hmm. It seems like March. I think is the uh, what the. Uh, Tour championship and every month there's a major, so I like that. No one cares about golf in September when they're playoffs. No, I mean, they do this FedEx Cup, and nobody could get, give a shit about the FedEx Cup. And you got the Ryder Cup every few years, and that's that's during football season in September. So I like what they've done. I like the tournament, mm-hmm. the PJ Championship, the, the least of the four majors. I like that here. There's a lot going on, but it's still the only round of the playoffs and. Baseball's too early, so I do like it. Like it in this little area the weekend before Memorial Day. As do I. Um, the Open Championship, I think, is a week earlier this year because of the Olympics, or maybe it, maybe it's not. That's just how it falls. But that's July fifteenth through the eighteenth, and the the Olympics are going on. There are a few tournaments here and there, but the playoffs in earnest then begin. I believe uh, at the Wyndham Championship, August twelfth through the fifteenth. There. Um, so, uh, the big but, game, the big Wyndham, the big Wyndham change. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, uh, congrats again, though, to Phil on winning uh, the PJ Championship. It's something else. Uh, let's see here. Should we get to the baseball now? Sure, baseball. 
Uh, okay, I'm not going to ask this question. I'm not going to get my hopes up here, but it was fairly impressive that the Minnesota Twins took two out of three from the Cleveland Indians. Do you <coughs> sense any sort of turnaround, or is this just a, hey, it was nice that they finally won a series? Well, they won an extra inning game for once. You would figure they got to win one. First time this year, <laughs> correct? Huh? First time this year that they've won an extra inning game. Yeah, they all went eight. I think they were. They finally won one. And they needed a three-run home run. They got the job done. So, yeah, they won a series for the first time this month. Month's about over. It's nice to win a series once a month. It's great. Mm-hmm. You know, so they won a series. So that's good. But, yeah, they're still really bad. So, um, I am con- I am contemplating taking them this week in our baseball pick them. Right. Uh, I have to look at the schedules quick before the first pitch is... Their next two weeks, their next 13 games are against Baltimore and Kansas City. Got to to win these series then. Got to win them. Kansas Kansas City did real well at the beginning. They had like a 10-game losing streak, and now they've kind of leveled off. They're a 500 team. And in Baltimore, they've been better than expected. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these these are... probably slightly below average teams they're playing and the twins are a below average team so you got 13 games here can you you know seven and six you got to at least go seven and six mm-hmm. could you could you go nine and four probably not but you chip away there's so what dozen 11 games under 500 so yeah i don't think they reach 500 again the rest of the year kent is hurt had a groin and he's got something else so he's on the dl and you know, I would like to see them bring up some some pitchers in the minor leagues and, and do some things there. Kind of a lost season, so get ready for next year. You got Alex Karolov back. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of get ready for next year. Doesn't sound like Buxton's going to be back anytime soon, so he might be out to the All Star break. So, I still think I might see what happens. I, I still think as we're recording this podcast, the games haven't started yet. I'm I think I'm going to take them though this week. It's between oh, them and boy. the A's. It's between them and the A's, and I'm, I mean, the A's have the Mariners and the Angels at home this week. Both those teams aren't very good, um, but I might be. Maybe I should save the A's for later in the season. I got to look at these schedules quick, but uh, that's what I'm looking at this week for a baseball pick'em. I took the Padres last week, and uh, that was a, hey, good, that was a good idea. Yep, uh, undefeated. So good job, fathers and. Uh, but uh, so I'm, I'm trying to chip into that lead. You're very far out there, and I uh, missed a week in there. So uh, certainly you missed a week. Yeah, I missed a week too. Uh, oh shit. Yep. So I'm down there a little bit, but I, I I'm I'm tr- gonna try and chip into that lead that you have. Marcus has turned it around. Just a uh, horrifically terrible start, historic start. Mm-hmm. And and Drew's right on my tail. So. I usually don't do very good at the baseball pick them. But uh, with Padres, I think they were 9-0 and on a nine-game homestand. They won all nine games. So you got a couple teams. Tampa's won, I think, 11 in a row. Tampa's, yep. Tampa's coming pretty hard right now. Yep. I beat uh, Toronto today. So, And remember our baseball preview stacking was like, you know, people thought the Angels might be in the mix. Yep. And it's like, I, why, would why, why, why? They got the two guys, but they don't got much else. And now Trout's out for the next two months. So, I 
my MVP pick was was Otani, and he's he's certainly doing doing something. Like he's he's exciting to watch on an hourly basis. He is absolutely. So we're at fourteen home runs already. So if he continues that and he can stay healthy, he'll be you know right there for MVP. If he could pitch one hundred and thirty innings and hit forty home runs, that's we, we nobody's seen that since. Since Babe Ruth, so that's awfully impressive. Yep, and to your point on what the Rays have done, 11 in, in a row, the Yankees have won six in a row, Boston is doing very good still, the Blue Jays have lost six in a row, that's not good, I had them pegged to, to be a playoff team, but uh, I think they can turn it around here, they're only five and a half out, so and Baltimore's way back there. <laughs> Uh, the White Sox still lead the AL Central despite getting swept by the Yankees over the weekend. Cleveland on their tail. Uh, AL Central not great. A's and Astros. It's a two-horse race there in the AL West. Uh, NL East, again, It's I think it's just his, historically average. Uh, the Braves have not been very good. The Braves, have, I think, have been certainly one of the more disappointing teams in baseball this year. Uh, but all five teams separated by two and a half games. In the NL East, you look at the NL Central, the Cardinals leading that with the Cubs and the Brewers, uh, you know, not too far behind. And then the Padres, our Padres are leading the NL West. The Giants have fallen back a little bit, uh, but still, uh, you know, within striking distance at two games back. The, the, the Dodgers seem to be turning things around. Like it, they've won seven in a row, the Padres have won nine in a row. Uh, this is very entertaining baseball to be watching here in some of these divisions. You look at the West, and you think, you know, that's... I feel like three teams are going to come out of that, and there's going to have to be a wild card game between, well, maybe... We'll see if the Giants can, can keep it up here. It's going to be between the Giants and one of those other two teams. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, St. Louis is, is decent, it appears... And then you got the East. The Mets have so many injuries. They get uh, Degrom back this week. Uh, another pitcher, Taiwan Walker, for them is out. But uh, yeah, you just look at that division. I mean, that's not good. I mean, Washington's not good. I mean, they're all about the same. There's not much difference between them, top to bottom. So, like, you wouldn't think Miami would win that division. Yep. Um, I know Washington was very bad last year. We think the Braves would be better. We mm-hmm. think the the Phillies might not normally be an under five hundred team, so yeah, not 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 a great division there. No. So, what are you? I looking? mean, you. you yep. It seems like you know, the 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 American League East and the National League West. That's where it's at. They've got three, maybe the three best teams in each in each league are in the same division. Mm-hmm. Yep, no doubt about it. And for the NL West side, they have arguably the two two of the worst teams in baseball. In the Diamondbacks and Rockies in their division, at least the AL East, you know, the Blue Jays are somewhat respectable, while Baltimore playing better than what they thought, uh, than what a lot of us thought they would at this point. What are you looking for here over this next week? What am I looking forward to, second? If the Twins can do something, I mean, you know, sweep a series, that'd be nice. Sweep, get, get on a thing called a winning streak for once, win multiple, like, three, four in a row. Uh, be, be have a better record than Detroit by the end of the week. That'd be awfully nice. Yep. Uh, twins, twins still with the worst record in all of baseball. So yeah, do do that. You got some games here coming up. Win win some of those games. Ooh. You can't finish last, and you, right. you got to finish out of Kansas City too. At least finish third. Yep. In this division. So there's still a lot of time. Um, 
you feel like the wild card is going to be tough because you got you know Boston, the Yankees, Tampa feels like one of it feels like you got to win at least ninety games to get a wild card, mm-hmm. and I don't see the Twins Twins doing that. So it feels like a you know the wild card is going to be pretty good. Unlike the NBA where they added teams, you know baseball, you win ninety games. That's 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 a respectable year. There was a there was something last week with the White Sox when they they crushed the Twins sixteen to four and Tony Larusa letting his guy uh, hit uh, like a three zero pitch for a grand slam and there's a lot of talk uh, back and forth like you know like what's Tony Larusa doing any any thoughts on that situation? Yeah, it was uh, Homer Mercedes. He was the guy we talked about. Yep. random guy, twenty eight year old. He was what eight for eight, nine for nine, started the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, still still hitting pretty well. And Twins put Williams Ostadio out there to throw 47 miles per hour. So at that point, the game's a joke. You're down 15 to 4. And Mercedes, 3-0 pitch. You're not supposed to swing at a 3-0 pitch when you're up by 10 runs and they were ahead by a lot. Mm-hmm. But they did. And he had a home run, which is impressive on a 47-mile-per-hour pitch. You got you to gotta crank that sucker out of there because yep. there's not much velocity coming your way. And uh, Tony LaRusso just buried his own guy, saying, that's not you, you don't do that, that's not the way you do it. So, Tony LaRusso's an old asshole, an old drunk. So, and then the next day, Tyler Duffy throws behind Mercedes in a 4-3 game in the seventh inning in which the Twins came back to somehow win. Because mm-hmm. Miguel Sano had three home runs. So, Sano's turned it on quite a bit, so that's good to see. But uh, I didn't like the way Tony LaRusso handled that because he just buried his own guy. Just shit, shit all over him. Mm-hmm. So you'd like to have some support from your manager. And he's an old school guy. So he shouldn't, even like be, that. he shouldn't even be managing, if I'm being fully honest here. Like, he has no business yeah. being in today's baseball. Like, they're, they're, they're doing well. What's his hand in that? I don't know. Like, Chicago's, they were going to have a good team regardless. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then you've got Tyler Duffy gets suspended three games. He's appealing that for what he did. He threw behind him. And Rocco Baldelli served his suspension uh, in Anaheim that doubleheader. Hey, Twins won. Uh, Twins finally won a game that did not go nine innings in the doubleheader against the Angels. They won in seven. Very true. And then they finally won an extra inning game. So it was a big week for the Twins. <laughs> and I don't like how the Twins handled that. Like, you hit a home run. You, you put in your backup utility infielder to pitch, which they've done multiple times this year. Like at that point, you're, you're a joke anyway. And the guy is, again, he's 28 years old, having the hell of a season, first time in the big leagues. Go ahead, hit a home run. What do I care? Mm-hmm. And the Twins were all butthurt about it, and so I, I did not like how the Twins handled that at all. Right. You had the situation a few weeks ago where Fernando Tatis hit a home run over Trevor Bauer and kind of mocked him or whatever. And Trevor Bauer was like, whatever, I'm not going to throw at him. Nobody should throw at him. He's a good player. He wants to showboat after hitting a home run off of me. Go right ahead. Mm-hmm. So I like that. So I'm like, We need more of that. We sure do. We need more of that. You, you can be excited. The Cardinals and Reds had a big thing in the opening weekend. They got into a fight. It's like, and that's the thing that I hate the most about baseball is when you show emotion and you get excited, if a pitcher gets excited, like, oh, what are you doing? If a batter gets excited or flips his bat unnecessarily, they get all pissed off about it, and that needs to go away. 
Unwritten rules just, suck. They, they just absolutely suck, and they do need to go away. It's like, have some fun. Show some fucking joy. You hit a home run, you hit a game winner, you hit some big home run, get excited about it. Fuck, you're in the NFL. After every fucking play in the NFL, a three-yard gain by the running back, the linebacker stops him, gets up, does his fucking dance. It's like, happens all the time in football, but baseball, God forbid. It's not like they do it after a fucking single. They do it after something important, so... Yeah, didn't like Tony Larusa. Uh, I was fine that the batter did that. I didn't like what the Twins did at all. So, a lot of a lot of different things, and that was a stupid, stupid baseball thing there for a couple of days. Yeah, I I just hate the unwritten rules of baseball. They're just dumb. They really are. Um, who are your pitcher? Who's your pitcher of the week? I'm gonna go with Freddie Peralta. Okay. Who's he with? Peralta with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. All right. 24 years old, uh, having a very good season. He's 4-1, uh, and one, ERA of 2.5. He's averaging nearly 14 strikeouts per night, which is excellent. He's, I believe he's leading baseball among starters. Who is the... Uh, who's the Brewers pitcher that has yet to walk a guy or, like, Maybe he has walked one since, but he had like 40 or yep. 50 strikeouts. Yeah, he walked one here last week. Is that um, that guy, though? Corbin, Corbin Burns. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So they got they got Corbin Burns, who's excellent. They got Freddie Peralta, who's having a very good year. And they also have Brandon Woodruff, who has an ERA of 1.58 at the moment. So look, you're looking at a team here that's not the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Cardinals. You look at the Brewers. They got three, three legitimate pitchers. One for sure. Two pretty, pretty certain on the second guy, and Freddie Peralta can keep it up. They've got three really good starting pitchers. So look, I you know Milwaukee team on the come. Yep. As far as this year, uh, a dark horse. Well, heck, not even lead. this so year, I, but I maybe like so, a team to put some stock in in the future. Yeah, Milwaukee. So I like what Milwaukee's doing. Those three pitchers are pretty good. Uh, my batter of the week. Oh, let's see. We got a couple of guys. Let's go with this guy. Uh, Adolis Garcia. Adolis Garcia. Something around those lines. Okay. He's a Cuban because we like the Cubans. He's a Cuban playing for the Texas Rangers. Hitting the hell out of the ball. He's got 14 home runs. I think he leads the American League in home runs. If I were to ask you, second, who leads the American League in home runs? The answer would be Adolis Garcia wow. of the Texas Rangers. <clears throat> That's impressive. I would not have guessed that. So, um, he's in about 24, he's early mid-20s from Cuba. So he's a guy from the Texas Rangers that, again, nobody ever heard of this guy at the beginning of the year, and now he's leading uh, the American League in home runs. So Garcia, outfielder. Rangers, Freddie Peralta, pitcher, Milwaukee. The uh, Cuban sandwich is my favorite sandwich, and I believe the best oh. sandwich out there, for what it's worth. I don't think I've ever had a Cuban sandwich. Oh, it's delicious, Krenz. you got to get it at the right spot. What's, uh, what's there something in there? That, is there sauerkraut or something in there nope, I would like? Nope, it's it's, uh, it's pickles with like mustard, sometimes like a cream aioli, uh, but it's yeah, the ham and the pork in there, some Swiss cheese on a Cuban ciabatta okay. bread. Oh, it's delicious, Krenz. It's very, very good. That all sounds good. That all sounds good. Uh, so there we go. So... Freddie Peralta from Milwaukee and Adalis Garcia from Texas. 
your pitcher and hitter of the week. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens there next week. Any other baseball thoughts? Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. having an excellent year. They thought he'd be really good, and he is really good. He's got what fourteen home runs right now. He had a he had a home run today, Stack. And if he can if he can seek this one out, they're playing their games in Buffalo still. I think Toronto. Yes, they or, are. Mm-hmm. Or wherever the hell they're at. And he he just killed the ball. It just kept going. Just kept going. Very impressive. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. having a having an excellent year. Very good. Also, uh, Zach Wheeler for Philadelphia also very good. He was a big free agent signing. Two off seasons ago, but we would have liked the Twins the, to get, if I recall. Yeah, and then that was the Twins were in the mix for him, and uh, he's having a very good year. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of guys having very good years. Uh, they're just not- oh, oh yeah, Stack. And before we forget, there were two no hitters last week too. Oh shit! Yes, of course. Again, watered down no hitters. <laughs> well, you got the guy from uh, you got the, you know from Detroit who did it. And uh, yeah, Spencer Turnbull, no hit Seattle. He's hitting one ninety nine. Yep, and Seattle's been no hit twice this season. So yep, for what that's worth. And you had Corey, Corey Kluber with the Yankees. He uh, no hit Texas. Texas has been no hit twice. Seattle's been no hit twice. Cleveland's been no hit twice. So six no hitters. We're averaging about a no hitter per week. We had the Bumgarner seven inning no hitter. We had, I think there were there's been three other games. I think the Twins threw a one-hitter against Milwaukee the first weekend of the season. Mm-hmm. There's been three one-hitters. So it's, 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 it's exciting. It's, uh, it, you know, seven is the modern record, and I feel like there's probably at least one or two more. Is it exciting, there. though, or is this, again, I think that the no-hitter now has become so watered down because of how baseball is being played. And it's not, it's not like... I'm not trying to take it away from the pitchers because they're doing a great job, but it's I think the analytics of oh we got to swing for the fences rather than just put the ball in play is it's it's damaging how we look at these no hitters. We're we're about we're fifty games in here, so fifty times fifteen. Oh yes, there's been fifteen games. No, there's been seven hundred and fifty games, I guess, mm-hmm. roundabout. 750 games have been played. You had six no-hitters. 4%, so whatever that, I believe. Correct? Huh? 4% have been no-hitters then? No, no, no. 0. 0.008. Oh, well, I was way... So, I mean, it's still... I mean, even yeah. if you have fucking uh, 20 no-hitters, it's still no less than a tenth of a percent. So, mm-hmm. in that aspect, it's not a lot because there's so many games. But then, on the other hand, when there's... Only a couple of hitters every year, and you have six in the first two months of the year in the first fifty games. It's like, yeah, that's a lot. So, I mean, I am well, when it pops up on the screen, all so and so's in the sixth or seventh of the no hitter. Like, I'm going to tune into that game. I'm going to watch that game because mm-hmm. I want to see it happen. And if it happens a lot, it diminishes it for some, maybe. And maybe I, I don't get that. Some people say, "Oh, it's not exciting." It's like. The no hitter is very hard to do. I mean, exactly. it's happened often in, in comparison to the past years, but still. I mean, the Padres never had one until this year. Mm-hmm. They've been around for 50 years. Right. They never had one. The Yankees haven't had one since 1999. That was a perfect game from David Cohn. They hadn't had a, a no hitter. So mm-hmm. I think Cleveland is gone. Cleveland's the longest one now. Cleveland's gone. 
30 or 40 years without a no-hitter. And they've had a lot of good pitchers. And they had one of their former pitchers, Corey Kluber, just throw one. So, even though it's happening quite a bit, I think it's exciting that, you know, almost it's almost been like a every other night thing where somebody's getting a no-hitter in the sixth or seventh inning. And when that happens, like, I'm, I'm going to watch that game because I want to see it happen. Right. Uh, a couple of interesting notes here, and I, I don't know, it, it, this is just maybe a baseball scheduling quirk, but uh, the Diamondbacks have played 30 games on the road and only 18 at home. Coincidentally enough, their record is 18 and 30. Uh, they've won all their home games, they've lost every road game. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? That Actually, point. you know what team that that's point. almost lost all of their road games? Colorado. Two, you know what team that's lost almost all their road <laughs> games? Colorado. 2-17. and 17. On the oh, road. It's goddamn their own. Yep, yep, it's uh, quite terrible. But the the Padres have played 28 games at home, only 19 on the road, and the Pirates have played 19 at home and 27 on the road. So again, it it all evens out yep. in the end. But it's just it's really interesting, especially on the Diamondback side. Like that's not like you're flying completely all the way to the coast here. Uh, it's I, I don't know quite how you would have that disparity of 12 games more on the road than at home this year. I think that sets teams up, you know, for for lack of success. The Twins played the White Sox Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon, whenever it was, at yep. home. Yep. And they went to L.A. to play the Angels two games on Thursday. Then they had to go away to Cleveland the next day. Mm-hmm. So, now again, I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, there's got to be another day or something closer than L.A. to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But there really wasn't. There was a couple of off days, and they did not work out. And So that's, that's when it had to be, I guess, because that was, was a COVID cancellation. Yep. So yep. that's uh, very odd. Chicago to L.A. to Cleveland in about, you know, 24 hours. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Julio Jones wants out of Atlanta. He says he's done there. So uh, who's going to get Julio Jones? Oh, um, 32, still good. And it could be a, a difference maker for somebody. Um, the, the Falcons yeah. want a first-round pick for him. That's not going to happen. Especially now you, that he says he doesn't want to be there, like he, that like he you, you need to get a first round pick for him because they traded, they traded uh, Muhammad Sanu to the Patriots. Was that a year or two ago? Last year for a second round pick. I mean, how the oh, hell? Two how? Yeah. Two years ago. You're right. Muhammad Sanu, an average receiver. Is that fair to say? Yep. He's thirty years old at this point. He's about done with his career. You would think. Yep. Fleeced New England. Fleeced them. A second round pick, and then again, the NFL trades make no sense. Randy Moss for a fourth rounder, sure, tears it up. Yep, for New England. Marcus Peters, or not Marcus Peters? Excuse me, uh, Mark, uh, Marcus Hughes or Michael Hughes, the cornerback from Minnesota, gets traded to Kansas well, City for a sixth round pick next year's draft. But the Vikings give up a seventh rounder, so. I mean, you move up 30 what? slots in the draft or whatever. However, the Vikings are in talks with Brashad Breland, uh, former Chiefs cornerback, so that would be a good get. And it did free up $1.83 million in cap space by getting giving up on Hughes. I mean, so that's not... And he was a guy that they were probably going to... He was going to be a free agent next year anyway, yeah. so... I'll just be I mean, very curious to see who gets Julio. I could see the Chargers making a run at him, the Colts. Could do uh, could do something. Uh, maybe the Packers. 
The Titans certainly could use another wide receiver. I think a number of different teams would be interested in uh, uh, will be in the running in the mix here for Julio Jones. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he's had a great career. He's, I'd say he's a Hall of Famer. I have it too. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, what uh, where he could potentially go? He's he's a bigger name. End of his career, but he's still thirty-two. We'll see where he goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on the NHL playoffs? No, just keep, Pittsburgh. Just keep winning. Yeah, the Wild are about done. So yep. there's that. Yep, just keep disappointing Minnesota. Just keep disappointing. However, they got screwed out of two goals in their home games that would have totally changed the complexion on how these games played. They got disallowed goals, and it's it's bullshit, is what it is. I'll believe you. Yep. I saw the one game they were two nothing. You got to win that game. Yep. Absolutely. The, the, I think that they would have had a third goal to get up 3 nothing. It was disallowed because some guy got hooked, Eric's connected, and he got called off sides because he got hooked, and they didn't call a penalty. So uh, to hell with you, NHL refs. Uh, that's that's bad. That's very bad. And then uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, former Penguins goalie in Game 4, hits uh, Marcus Foligno, kind of, and he's very close to the crease, but not like... Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Well, I mean, just I mean, he wasn't making contact with Fleury at all. It's a good screen. NHL, or they Erickson X scored a goal there. Would have made it uh, tied it up at one. Instead, the NHL said, "Nope, that's not a goal." Vegas goes on to win for nothing. So again, they just you know between hot goalies and just getting screwed over by NHL officials. Uh, it's just same old story for the Minnesota Wild. But and who's Colorado playing? Vegas, uh, St. Louis. Well, they will play Vegas in the second round. And those are the two best teams, Vegas and Colorado, right? Uh, yes. It's in the yes, yep. If your two best teams are playing in the second round, you got a shitty, you got a shitty seating system. Well, it's that that's just based on the divisions, though. I mean, if you, I don't like that. I mean, get out of the divisions. Just play anybody. Sixteen teams, Chris. Stop sixteen. And again, this is why, like, it goes back to the NBA scheduling. Like, if Brooklyn to Boston is not, it's a train ride away. You don't need two days off, two full days off in between games. Same, like, if you want to do, like, reseed 1 through 16 and then give them more games off based on, like, traveling and stuff, or, like, how far away they are, absolutely do that. Uh, but to your point, yes, Colorado uh, and Vegas each had 82 points. Carolina had 80. Uh, Tampa or Florida had 79. They're about to be bounced by Tampa Bay because nothing says playoff hockey like a battle of Florida teams. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's very close to it, but the West was the most difficult one, at least in the top three. You had Colorado, Vegas, and the Minnesota Wild. How many times would we have seen Spurs-Lakers Too many. in the finals back in the day? Uh, well, we, we, how many would we have? Uh, probably a decent number. Maybe two or three times if we were doing the you know, reseed them. And, mm-hmm. They were the two best teams for a long time there. So, yep. you know... If the two best teams playing the, in the conference finals, kind of like the Rockets and the Warriors did, then so be it. But if you want your first round in the division, okay. Like in the second round, get a get out of that. Yeah. Like get. You want yep. Vegas and Colorado? You want that to be a to be a conference final? Yep. The NHL needs to refigure their <clears throat> uh, their playoff formatting because it's it. Th- this is a little different because it's the di- like different divisions this year. But before, like they always had like the division rivals. It's it's time to do away with that. Let's just either you know divide it into two conferences again, and the top eight teams, regardless of division, make it, 
or um, you just do away with it entirely and just seed them one through sixteen. That's my. Even you might get Florida, Vancouver. Who gives a shit? It was very interesting to see nobody at the at the Winnipeg Edmonton game. Mm-hmm. But then you had Madison Square Garden with fifteen thousand. Yep. Yep. And that was that was interesting. Indeed. Indeed, Canada playing very close to the best. Yes. Um, Indeed they are. Anything else we need to get to? Should be it. You know, got, got a lot going on now. We got yep. all the playoffs and the golf was exciting and, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff going on, so that's good. Indeed. Indeed. Well, you have a great week, and I will talk to you next week, my friend. Alrighty, we'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. Uh, good stuff there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, you got the NBA playoffs going on, NHL playoffs still going on, but an amazing victory by Phil Mickelson there at the PGA Championship there in South Carolina. Absolutely fantastic. 50 years old and looking and doing it. Uh, so good luck to the Twins. Uh, but we'll try and talk some more hockey. We'll see if we can get Marcus Traxler on. Uh, for some thoughts on the NHL playoffs. If not, we'll wrap up this week's edition with a few thoughts on the NHL playoffs from yours truly and uh, whatever else we need to get to here. It's all coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast, now available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStackin, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis is on Twitter at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. NHL playoff talk with or without Marcus Traxler coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Here on the Sports Block Podcast, time to talk some NHL playoff hockey. Who better to do that with than my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, Marcus Traxler. Marcus, how are we doing? I'm good, Stacking. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thank you. Um, you know, we're recording this, and as of the recording of this podcast, the Wild are still alive uh, in the playoffs, which is great. Uh, it was not pretty uh, in Game 5, uh, but... They did beat Vegas 3-2, so they're still alive for Game 6. That was just very nice to see that they could stave off elimination at least for one game. Yeah, I mean, what an unconventional way to win. I mean, you only get 14 shots for the game. You score four goals, uh, one of those being an empty netter. But, uh, you know, sort of scoring all your goals in a little spurt there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. Cam Talbot was great in Game 5. That was the type of performance they really needed when you face 40-some shots um, in, in that game. And, and the Golden Knights are just all over the Wild. You know, it, it kind of goes to sort of this eternal question of this series for the Wild is, how can you play so well in one period, the next period you're terrible, and then the, the third period you're good enough to win? Mm-hmm. It just it just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I, I think it, it goes to show, and we're going to probably talk about some of these other series as well, but, uh, it just shows the regular season doesn't matter. The playoffs are a completely different animal. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can't really draw any lines from that regular season to, to the playoffs because uh, they have just looked like a different team. Vegas has kind of amped it up another level, and I think the Wild had to kind of catch up and, and get, get in gear. They are a terrible, they being the Wild, a terrible second period team. I don't know what is said during the first intermission, but whatever is said – Throw it out, the, you know, just put it in the trash. Uh, they got to figure something out. And it's not even just the game five where they get out shot 22 to one and are just holding on for dear life. But it's just this entire series pretty much. The second period has been ultimately their kryptonite. 
Uh, it's I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the long uh, line change that they have to do in the second period. I don't know, but it's bad hockey that they play game in and game out in the second period. Well, I think the one thing that, that stands out to me is, I mean, Vegas has, it seems like, more speed. And I mean, yes. they seem like the better skating team in those periods. And then, you know, you turn around and just use game five as, as an example. The Wild skated just fine in, in, the, in the third period and, and sort of made the plays defensively to, to stay in front, keep the lead, and win the game. And, yeah, I, I just – it seems like the Wild, through five games, it's, you know, we're going to have a little spurt either in the first period or, you know, whenever they need it, I guess overtime in game one, uh, to, to win the game or or play our best. And then the rest is just a crapshoot, you know, they, that they might not play well or that they were – you know, they're just going to look – really average and it's inexplicable it is also inexplicable and you know what every fan base is are always going to argue about the officiating and you know all the the officials have it out for us and whatnot but i think minnesota fans have a very legitimate gripe with the way this series has been officiated it just feels like the nhl wants vegas to win more so than the Wild. I mean, you have two disallowed goals. You have missed penalties called. You know, Kaprizov gets high-sticked in Game 5. You know, you got, what, Erickson Eck uh, or Feligno got um, hooked in Game 3 That after Erickson Eck scored that goal, made it 3-0. Vegas challenged it, said it was offsides. Well, I mean, if you call a penalty there, it's fine. I thought that Game 4, you know, that goalie interference uh, call against uh, Feligno was absolute bullshit. Uh, because I don't see his skates necessarily in the crease there, and, and Fleury makes the contact. So, I mean, in, in, especially in games three and four, those two disallowed goals completely changed the complexion of those games and propelled Vegas to victory there. Uh, I don't know. The, the, the officiating in this series has been atrocious, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I think that uh, you, you know that in the playoffs they're going to let more go. Uh, we saw a lot of griping last night from Vegas. They, you know, they thought that I think it was Kaprizov who should have been called for a hook, you know, against one of their guys. So, you know, you're going to have some of that to a, to a degree. Uh, you know, it is set up that uh, you can review a lot of a lot of stuff in the NHL right now, and or or the refs can step in and review it. So, uh, you use your challenge in Game Three to to reverse that third would-be goal for the Wild. Yeah, that absolutely changed the course of the game. Letter of the law, it is, it is offside. You hate, I, I hate, I hate that, that, you know, the, the smallest of margins can be called mm-hmm. uh, back on review, but it's the rule. And yep. if you're going to review it, you know, it's kind of like the sliding off second base and the tag still on him. I mean, I guess by the, it, it sucks, but by the letter of the law, you got to call it. Yep. Uh, I agree with you on game four. I mean, yeah, same thing. Letter of the law, yeah, I guess he was in the crease. But I just look at it like, did he interfere with the guy's attempt to, to make the save or not? And you watch it, he didn't he didn't interfere with him. He no. just didn't. I mean, he was he was in front of him. Yeah, he skated through the crease, I guess, the front little part of the crease. Um, but I, 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 obviously, I'm not an NHL referee, but I just don't know how you can call that. And, and uh, you know, whoever was in Toronto thought that they could. So I, re- I saw a headline. I didn't read it. Uh, it was at The Athletic. Uh, today that basically the officiating in this entire NHL playoffs has been embarrassing. So uh, it's not just the Wild, it's not just the Knights who mm-hmm. can feel aggrieved. I mean, almost every series has had moments where just like, what the hell are they calling? Yeah. No, or I, I agree. Calling. 
Yep, I, I agree. And I guess even just going just to to harp on that game three call, it wasn't the fact that it, that it was offsides. It was the fact that there was a penalty that should have been called that led to the offsides, and then you know preceding Erickson X goal. So I I don't know. It's just to me it it, it feels like all the 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 calls have seemingly gone Vegas's way. I mean, the Wild didn't even have a power play in Game 5, and, and they're fortunate to be playing a Game 6 because uh, Cam Talbot played out of his mind, you know, propelling them to victory. And it, it always just seems to be that the, the Wild face a hot goalie, and Marc-Andre Fleury's played out of his mind in this series. Uh, you know, brings me back to, you know, 3 when J.S. Jaguar and the Anaheim Ducks, what, gave up one goal in the entire series, it just feels like the Wild, you know, sometimes get uh, snake bitten either with these uh, bad calls or just bad rolls of the puck that go against them, or you know, just really hot goalies. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury, I, I believe he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Obviously, did that all with with the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his credentials are bona fide. I, I think if you were just kind of looking at this series and, and following what. Uh, what Vegas had done during the year, you thought you'd see both goalies in this in this series, and uh, that has not been the case. Flurry has been pretty good. Uh, gave up just the one goal in Game One. Uh, the Wild were on him in Game Three and got to two goals, and maybe uh, were, were obviously very close to getting a third goal. And um, you know, I just love the way that they kind of just got in his kitchen in Game Five and made things tough on him. That's what mm-hmm. they have to do uh, in order to make the big rally in this series. So. Um, and then after that, he was great. But the Wild, I mean, they only took 12 shots or 14 shots. So uh, you can't honestly see that they gave them uh, their best effort from a shooting front, but they won the game. So right. um, I, I think he has been good. You look back in history, you mentioned it. One goal uh, allowed by J.S. Jaguar. I mean, that's that's still the gold standard as far as a hot goaltender in the playoffs. And yep. you go through all this. I mean, Jordan Bennington a few years ago with the Blues. I mean, if you're going to make a run, your goalie's got to be incredible or yep. terrific at least. And and uh, Fleury knows how to do that. He knows how to sort of ramp it up for the postseason because it's not, this isn't his first time doing this. So um, I think the Wild, they just kind of have to stay on him. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. It just seems like they're getting outskated in every regard. Yes. So it's like park, park it in front of the net and make it tough on Fleury. And that's got to be your best chance to score. Uh, but but the turnovers in the neutral zone, just the dumb dump dump, you know, icing, just icing it yep. over and over in in the second period in Game Five. And then yeah, you need to make it tough on them when you do get it in the offensive zone. Alex Tuck, uh, Matt Stone, just being able to you know get through the defense like it's nothing. Uh, Deacon and what I mean, yeah, and you're right. The speed, it's evident that Vegas has far more speed, at least, than what the Wild have shown. And I'll, honestly, I have not been very impressed with the defense of the Wild, Dumba and Spurgeon, especially. Uh, Ryan Suter's played okay. I, I really have enjoyed seeing how well, for the most part, Zach Parise's played uh, in games three and four after being a healthy scratch. I think uh, he's motivated. Uh, certainly doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on the tires this year with him being as uh, healthy scratch for as much of the season as it as he's been. But um, you know, we'll we'll see if that if they can uh, force a game seven if they can win this series. Uh, obviously, that'll be we'll know that by next week. But uh, we'll see how it goes. It's just it, it's been a frustrating series from that standpoint because I thought you know with the success and again, you know, you mentioned it at the outset that regular season hockey doesn't always translate 
to postseason hockey. And, you know, that's kind of evident, uh, especially in the Winnipeg Jets-Edmonton Oilers series, um, that, you know, the, the Wild went 5-1-2 and two against Vegas in the regular season, and Vegas just looks like the sharper team in this series thus far. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think you made a good point on the defense. You know, that that main pair with Dumba uh, was, was good in game one, and then they just have not been as good in the other four games so far. So it's just it's a little puzzling there. I think Joel Eriksson-Eck has been their best player just kind of outright in this series. And mm-hmm. uh, as you're seeing what kind of player he is, um, it's just kind of cool to see him uh, continue to develop and mature. Uh, it's been a quiet series for Kevin Fiala. And I think for Kaprizov, I mean, he's, he's learning what the playoffs are like. I mean, they're, they're going to be around him a lot. I think as the series has gone on, he's gotten more comfortable. You're seeing him in the, in the mix offensively a little bit more. So, uh, you know, I think the longer this series goes, it's better for him because he's, he's going to sort of have, have, continue to find the rhythms in mm-hmm. this series. I agree with you on Parisi. I mean, it, it's still sort of jaw-dropping that he wasn't part of the starting lineup in, going into this uh, series. And you completely understand why he was not – a, uh, a top forward uh, on these on these lines for Minnesota, but uh, had uh, I believe Zuccarello got hurt, so you you uh, sort of reset the lineup and and you need a winger in there, and uh, you know Parisi's kind of made his name on the power play goals. They didn't put him on the power play in in uh, games four or five, so it's it's been an interesting storyline to watch, and now you just got to see if okay. The away teams have sort of dominated this series. Mm-hmm. What will Minnesota do at home in Game 6 to to keep this going and get it back to Vegas? Yep. And the passing, too. I mean, just it always seems like the, the when Vegas makes a pass, it's just tape to tape, stick to stick. I mean, the, the, the passing is crisp, and for the Wild, they're always just off just by a hair. And that's not just this series. That seems like it's always been a theme with the Wild in the playoffs, at least over the last few years. But we'll hope that the Wild... And, and, and the Wild... They, you're seeing. I mean, I just you're seeing so so much stick checking and and mm-hmm. lunging out to break up passes. Exactly what you're saying. I mean, it just seems like they've got to work so hard to break up anything Vegas has going, and then Vegas they don't seem to have to work so hard to break up what the Wild are put together. Yep, yep. Uh, so uh, again, two more games put at at the most in this series. Uh, we'll see if the Wild can complete uh, the three one comeback. And then, can I just say yeah. that the, the series getting to six, like, given what we thought at the beginning of the series, that's a little bit more on brand. Yeah, I think if we would have thought a, a five-game series between this, these two teams, you know, especially Vegas winning, from our viewpoint, wouldn't have felt right. I think six or seven makes a lot more sense, considering how close these two teams were during the year. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I picked the Wild in six. Uh, obviously, that's that can't happen. It would be Wild in seven, but yeah, the, the, the longer the series goes, I think it it should make Wild fans feel at least a little better at Vegas. Either knocks them out in six or seven uh, versus the five. I think the five would have been problematic. And uh, it's it's interesting to see how your how your target kind of moves as the season has gone along. I mean, I think a lot of people approach the season thinking this is a rebuilding year. They're going to have a hard time getting things going. You want to see new blood. All of a sudden, they looked really good. Caprizov's rolling. Okay, maybe you know we're a team that's got to be stopped. And then you go into a three-one hole, and everybody's like, "Shut it down." We're going to the offseason there now. Uh, I think you kind of get your hopes up again that hey, they might be able to salvage the series. Yep. Yeah. It's 
it's just it's the nature of the beast, and especially being a Minnesota sports fan, they're just they're just toying with us, Traps. They're That's just true. Toying That's with true. Us. Yeah. Uh, staying in the West, the Avalanche disposed of St. Louis with ease, what outscoring them, I think, twenty to seven in the four game sweep. I mean, this Avalanche team is very good. Nathan McKinnon played great. I think the Blues obviously just overmatched. Like if you looked at the West to begin with, you knew that the that. Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis were, or in Minnesota, were the top three teams, and St. Louis was, uh, you know, just clawing for their playoff lives up until the last week or two. But I mean, this Colorado team is just so good, so talented, so deep. Uh, put up goals in bunches. I, I just think that there's that they are going to make the Stanley Cup. No, nothing in, in round one or what that I've seen so far tells me otherwise or makes me change my mind that Colorado can't at least make it to the Stanley Cup. I, I agree. They've been a machine so far. They look like a team on a mission. Um, they they are obviously going to be rested and waiting for whoever wins the series, which is uh, going to drag out, you know, uh, I think four or five days past when they were done at least. So, uh, that, that top line for the Avs is just so good. Uh, when you've got Rantman, McKinnon, and Landeskog, I mean, that's nobody else in the league's got a line like that, I don't think. So it's just, uh, and they're just a machine. And uh, yeah, I think you're hard pressed to say, okay, uh, you know, obviously we don't really know how that, that uh, you know, conference final round traditionally, the last, the last four teams is going to shake out, but. Um, I just don't see anybody beating them before they get to the cup final. Nope, I don't either. Even though you're going to see the two best teams in hockey, presumably if Vegas can close the series out with the Wild, play in the um, in the semifinals, which is which which stinks. I mean, you, or is it the is it technically the West Finals? How are they how are they defining the the NHL playoffs this year? Because i you know with the four different conferences. Um, yeah, so I, I believe they're taking the points from the season. And they're reseeding them one through four. Now I haven't looked at what the what the setup is. I know the abs are are right up there at the top. I guess I could pull that up real quick. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, so it will be reseeded one through four. So we will not have the traditional uh, you know format of um, you know two west teams, two east teams. So we very well could get Toronto against Boston in the semifinals, or we could get uh, Toronto against. Uh, you know, Colorado uh, or something crazy like that. So anything's fair game there. And Colorado and Vegas did have the, did have the most points in the NHL during the regular season with 82. So you are going to, I mean, it it is unbalanced because uh, there were a bunch of teams in the West that uh, were not very good. So Colorado got to beat up on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look at some of these other divisions, a little bit more balanced. I think Toronto can say the same thing. They, they got to beat up on some bad teams in the North. So, very interesting to keep an eye on. Yep. Uh, speaking of Toronto, they are currently battling with Montreal. They lose game one of that series. I think a lot of, ooh, you know, raised a few eyebrows. They come back and uh, they're going to about to, they're about to take a three-one series lead on Montreal. I, I, I mean, the John Tavares injury sucks for them, but Toronto, I think, just too deep with Austin Matthews and and crew. I think they'll be just fine. But the surprise, the absolute stunner. Because we talked about it last week. I mean, or at least I thought that Edmonton and Toronto were the heavy favorite, the clear runaways to to make it out of the first round. And Edmonton 
not only didn't get out of the first round, but they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets, a team that uh, I think they won seven of the nine games in the regular season, did Edmonton over Winnipeg. So this was an absolute stunner to me with you know Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And it, so I don't know if it was that Edmonton's offense didn't really come to play, at least in the first couple of games that appeared to be the case. Uh, the goaltending wasn't good. Maybe Winnipeg just you know caught lightning in a bottle. I, I don't know. This is it's a very stunning result. Easily the most stunning result so far we've seen. Absolutely, given the fact that it was a sweep and that I mean the first two games Winnipeg went in there and they beat them. Uh, you know there wasn't much much dispute. Now it was a close series. I, I think mm-hmm. you know you, you take out the the, the uh, empty netters. I mean it was twelve eight uh, as far as the total score. So that's one goal per game, you know, and um, certainly the, you know, Connor Hallbuck was great. He's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. He was uh, at a 950 save percentage in the series, so exactly what you're looking for. But uh, I think if you're Edmonton, you just kind of have to shake your head and you say, we were up, I believe, three goals with about seven minutes to go in game three. They mm-hmm. blew that, ended up losing in overtime. And then game four, you go to triple overtime, anything could happen there, like, you know, we know what kind of team, uh, or we know what kind of players Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are, but how are they not saying, like, get me on a different team, man, because this seems to happen way too much where the Oilers just uh, pooped the bed. Yeah. And uh, Mike Smith was terrible at the end of, of Game 3 at, in goal. So that that's just, you just kind of shake your head and you go, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this is, um, there's got to be some soul-searching with Edmonton right now because, this was not supposed to happen. No, and I mean, I'm trying to think like to all of these very like in in the various different sports and stuff. We it was always like Clemson football. Can Clemson ever get to the title uh, game and win it? Well, yes, they have. Could Villanova? I mean, Villanova's predominantly though they're they're just so talented, can't quite win the national championship. Well, Jay Wright's turned that around. Edmonton kind of feels that way to me in the NHL where it's like you you have all these number one draft picks or you should on paper you look like a really good team you have Connor McDavid the best player in the sport and you just can't break through like at some point it's just I mean they have to be I I would say like have some of the most pressure out of any team in the NHL just because we expect them to break through and they haven't. Yeah, if you're, if you're a level-headed NHL fan, you never want to see the Oilers with the number one pick again because it's just, uh, it has not worked out. I mean, they've taken, uh, obviously Connor McDavid is, is terrific, but uh, they just don't have a lot to show for. I think they've had the number one pick three times. So it's just, uh, this era has just been lousy. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny that, you know, they made the Stanley Cup final, you know, 15 years ago. I believe it was Carolina and, and Edmonton, right? And, yep, after the and, lockout. Uh, I think that was the... And, the lockout series, right? Yeah, and that was that was kind of one of those all-time weird series that we've had in recent history. And now they've got better talent. Now I, I don't think there's any question, and they they really haven't come anywhere near uh, getting to the Stanley Cup final. So you're just I, I don't know what you do. They've changed coaches, they've changed management, they've had all kinds of things go all over, and uh, I don't know. They I I think there's got to be some soul searching, so to speak, with what Edmonton's going to do because you know. You see 4-0 series, obviously, a couple years ago with Columbus upsetting Tampa Bay. That was a stunner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is on that level where you're just like, what the hell just happened? Yep. You know? 
And it, it's so bad in Edmonton that Wayne Gretzky retired from his advisor role. Uh, to... he's, 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 got, uh, he's got some money in mind uh, with, with the move that's going to come with him going to TV. Yep. I think I expect him to be a pretty good analyst. I I mean, I have high expectations for him. I would assume he's going to be a studio analyst, you know, kind of like a, a yeah. Charles Barkley Shaq or whatever. I just hope he's not a Magic Johnson. You know, because Magic Johnson, for as great of an NBA player as he is, terrible analyst. Like, absolutely awful. One of the worst of all time. And I hope that's not the case with Wayne Gretzky. Well, the one thing I would say is that, I, and I looked this up beforehand because I had a, a hunch that we'd talk about this. He's 60 years old. Obviously, he's been around hockey his entire life. Mm-hmm. Literally, the, literally the greatest player ever to play. Uh, was a old suspect kind of coach with the Coyotes, uh, you know, years ago. Uh, has been around the game even post, uh, you know, his playing career, you know, running the Canadian national team for the Olympics, and obviously has had some involvement with the Oilers since. So he's been around the game, but 60 years of his life, he's never he's never done this. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think he's I think he's pretty smart. I think he's you know as smart, if not smarter, than some of the morons that NBC has trotted out in the last 15 years they've had the contract. Wait, so, you, you, you mean that he's you don't like Mike Milbury? You know, now that not that he's with I, them I, anymore? I think, he, I think he's got a little bit better chance than Jeremy Roenick, Keith Jones, and Mike Milbury. Yeah, that's okay. that's what I'm going with. And, I mean, uh, the NBC's found a couple decent guys, Patrick Sharp and, and Brian Boucher, among my favorites. But, Anson uh, Carter's yeah, up there for me, too. What's that? Anson Carter's up there for me, too. Yeah, absolutely. And Anson Carter's paid his dues for a long time, a lot of NHL network time for him. But uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I hope Wayne Gretzky's good. Clearly, that's what Turner uh, TNT was going for. They want a little star power in the studio. It's going to be interesting to see what how it comes together. Uh, it, it sure seems like they're going to hire sort of a new face to, to be the studio guy. So, uh, you know, you're not going to have Ernie Johnson doing it. And so... Um, I'm eager to see how it's it's going to shake out here. I, I saw some bellyaching on Twitter that, you know, well, why isn't it a new voice? I mean, uh, when you have your own network, you can hire whoever you want. But yep. uh, if, if, if the, literally the greatest hockey player of all time is interested, you'd be a fool not to get him. And ESPN was going after him, too. So mm-hmm. uh, they, they this, this seems like, in theory, a good move. We'll see how it works out. And I agree with you. He's... I mean, he could have Magic Johnson written all over him, and that, that'd be a different story. And doesn't it, I mean, I want to watch at least the first couple of times he's on TV just to see what he has to say. I mean, he's the great one. I would say that that would make you want to tune into this. Uh, the one thing I, I guess I have a question on, and we'll get more uh, information, you know, when this, the NHL schedule comes out next year and how we know, like, what ESPN and Turner are broadcasting, but they said TNT specifically in the re- in the report I saw, and I'm just wondering how Turner is going to balance out, you know, broadcasting NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs, considering that the NBA playoffs, at least in the first round, are on every day but Friday. Uh, I mean, are you going to put some games on TBS? Is True TV going to get in the mix here potentially? I just wonder. I, I was just a little surprised that they said specifically TNT rather than just Turner Sports. Yeah, and I, yeah, I do believe it is TNT. I, you know, they. I have seen some people say Turner Sports, but sure seems like it's TNT sort of carrying the weight. So I, I think they certainly will have games on on uh, TBS and TNT. I, I'm hard to say about True TV, but uh, we know how to find them now after you know 10 years of this with college basketball, so yeah. that's that's not the end of the world. 
uh, we can live with the impractical jokers, uh, you know, promos and stuff. Yep. So, um, <laughs> it's, and obviously ESPN, uh, you know, they got ESPN and ESPN two. Um, you know, I don't, they have some on ESPN plus. I don't know if that's going to be a bigger role of this. I, I, I honestly don't remember reading that, but I do. The way I understood was that the playoffs were basically going to be split evenly. So in a normal year, you know, ESPN's got four, Turner's got four in the first round, and then you just kind of work your way down from there, and then obviously they'll alternate when it gets to the final, and, um, you know, in the regular season, you know, TNT's got games on Tuesdays and Thursdays, some games Mondays, you know, depending on the situation, um, so I imagine ESPN will kind of work in the framework outside of that, but that's kind of how they're operating with the, with the NBA, so it's just, it'll be interesting to see how they balance it, I'm sure they'll find a spot, I think, um, I was thinking about it. It's interesting with this change now because uh, we, we expect that by the end of the year we will not have NBCSN right. as a channel anymore. So, you know, you think about how the games are kind of split up now. you got some games on CNBC, some games on USA. Yep. You know, I think splitting it up and having two partners sort of share the playoffs isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, I don't either. Uh, because I think if NBC, and man, NBC didn't seem very interested in necessarily keeping it for, for a big price. So um, I, I think them getting rid of NBCSN is, a, I, I, I can't think of a more stunning thing, um, honestly, like in sports programming uh, than that. I just, I don't get it at all. Like, uh, there is so much money in cable. I know they're pushing Peacock, but I just do not understand that. Uh, you've got all this soccer that you, you broadcast and all mm-hmm. these other sports. Obviously, you don't have hockey, but... I just, uh, I don't understand getting rid of that yeah. you know, when it's an established brand. Yep, I, I don't either. I mean, I know they, they've kind of struggled with building, uh, like, you know, the daytime programming. Pro Football Talk was on it, it was on in the mornings. But, you know, like for some, uh, like like CBS Sports, at least you have, you know, Tiki and whoever, or like Boomer Esiason and, you know, his guy, the Jim Rome show. Like there's, there's stuff that CBS Sports has built in part of their daytime lineup. I think NBCSN has just constantly struggled with getting that there. I mean, heck, even Fox Sports One has gotten you know their their, you know, their early show, and then you have Undisputed, which no one ever watches. But they at least have some morning programming in there as well. NBCSN just really struggled, I think, with that. I mean, they tried out Michelle Beadle, that didn't work. Uh, what like Michael Smith or Michael Holly? I think had a show that really didn't catch on. And I think they just well, really they've, they've, they've developed some shows and they've just sent them sent them right to Peacock. You know, yeah. Michael Smith, whatever show he has is on Peacock. So, yeah. um, and and I, they have obviously some sort of agreement with Rich Eisen uh, with his show on Peacock and then Dan yeah. Patrick's on Peacock again. But they're just not willing to pay whatever it will be to to put those shows on the main channel and. I, you know, I was just kind of under the understanding that they've just punted on that, that they just were not going to worry about what was on during the daytime, make it as cheap as you need to make it to run the channel. Uh, but they've obviously had, there's been major cuts, uh, you know, since COVID, and you can argue whether that's just an excuse. The golf channel got ravaged over the last year, cutting personnel and you know, basically moving everybody out of Florida to Connecticut. So uh, they're in major cost-saving mode, and I'm sure they look at this and say, why even run this channel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I I am though glad, like like you said, you know, if, if ESPN and Turner are going to balance out the um, the playoffs next year, I think that'll be good. To you know, you're not re- and, just relying on what, one. It partner. would be tremendously valuable for and the, ESPN, the NHL knows this to have 
your your games, your your big players talked about on ESPN all day, like yes. they are in the NBA. When you're when you've got the money involved with ESPN, they'll talk about you. And yes, you know, uh, Mike Greenberg will start the day. They'll talk about it in the NHL. And I, I understand that even Stephen A. Smith was taking viewers <laughs> to task today. So yeah, you know, I was just going to say uh, that. <laughs> you, can, you can think whatever you want about them, and I'm, I don't think very highly of the people I just mentioned, but. Uh, that's good for the sport to have yes. that kind of uh, that kind of attention, and we should say that undisputed gets attention when uh, you know uh, Shannon, uh, Shannon Sharp you know calls Julio Jones right. uh, during the during the show and says, "Hey, uh, you want out of here?" And he says, "Yeah." Yes. So no. Nobody was watching, but at least at least Fox Sports One social media uh, sent that out. Yes. Yeah, that was good. The one good thing that's ever come out of undisputed. <laughs> uh, some breaking news on Julio Jones. Uh, and I agree. I, I I really am happy that the NHL is back on ESPN because they will talk about it and treat it like it's an actual sport and not just some you know subsidiary or, or whatnot. So so we've gone. We're going way in on this. Yes. And we're nerds, so it's fine. Yep. If 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 you look at the ESPN stable, who would you have be your main play by play guy of the NHL? Because obviously there's a few options sort of sitting yep. there. Um, I mean, obviously I I I love you know the. The throwback to Gary Thorne and Bill Clement, I doubt that that would happen uh, just because it's been so many years. If I had to venture a guess, I, th- I think it, honestly, I think it depends on what happens with the Monday Night Football package because I think Steve Levy makes a lot of sense to be the lead guy, uh, the lead play-by-play guy for hockey. Uh, Butchie Main, you know, John Butchigross, I think is uh, would rank right up there. Uh, other, I mean, what Kenny Albert we said went to TNT. So, yeah. um, and I can't imagine that they that ESPN if they got Kenny Albert. I mean, honestly, if they got Kenny Albert, I would throw him in the Monday Night Football booth because he already has that NFL experience and whatnot, uh, as well as doing the NHL. But to answer your question, I would I would say either Steve Levy or John Butchagross. I do hope they bring some of the guys like a Darren Pang back, a Brian Engblom, um, guys, you know, the blast from the past. Uh, maybe they aren't quite as good anymore. Uh, Brian Boucher, I think, needs to be in there. Maybe he and, you know, Eddie Olchek is going to TND, but Brian Boucher, you know, is a, a rising star, one of your uh, favorite analysts. Yeah. I, I'm i trying to think of any other, like, truly great, like, play-by-play guys that I – I, I just ask it because they do have the two clear options there, and it's it's really what do you prefer? It, it seems to me that it's super clear that they're going to pick one of them, you know, mm-hmm. to be their main guy. Uh, I've had my moments where I just I'm like I'm sick of Butcher Gross, but he clearly cares a lot about hockey. Yeah, uh, cares a lot about college hockey. So I, you know, if if you could sort of massage egos, I think I would have Levy be the, the main play by play guy, and I'd have Butcher Gross be. The uh, the studio guy, the main studio guy, yep. but you could just as easily swap them. I mean, nobody, it wouldn't be any worse for the wear. So, I, I it's just kind of interesting. I, I think that's kind of the combo between those two, mm-hmm. and I'd be I'd be interested to see how they decide to split that up. Well, so let me ask you this then: Who would be the analyst, like the top two analysts for games? Then I don't know. I honestly think that that uh, they're probably going to have to hire both of them, or. Yeah. or or maybe they're just that committed to Barry Melrose that he's the guy. But I, I would make Barry Melrose my main studio guy. I mean, I he's, he's been doing it forever. You know, the Frozen Four feels kind of like a drop-in for him. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, he's, I, he's I meant fine, to come, but 
I meant the color studio. analyst for like the along the play by alongside the play by play guy. What's that? I meant the like the color analyst alongside the play by play guy. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like to me, uh, Barry Melrose would not be that analyst. No, I, know, I, I'd agree. Have him, I agree. I'd have him in the studio. So to me, I, I you know, as far as I know, Brian Boucher is a free agent. Um, I, I would take him. I, I do believe uh, Bill Clement is is available. We just saw John Davidson get fired, and he used to be on ESPN. I got fired from the Rangers, so and he was you know one of the top guys there for a while as an analyst. So that, that's certainly an option as well. But I I think it's pretty clear they're going to have to hire two guys mm-hmm. to come in, and, and the two guys that are not in there, you know, they don't have hardly any. Uh, hockey analysis now, so they're going to have to bring in two guys that they don't have. Uh, yep. Yeah, they, I think they're going to have to. They may even have to bring in more. How about Mike Greenlee? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I maybe I missed it. I didn't realize Mike Greenlee was just going to be out of the picture here in the last couple of years. I thought, I thought he was still going to be in the rotation, kind of like they did with Perk Wilden on the Twins there for a year or two. Yep. Uh, but but maybe Greenlee just didn't want to keep doing. It. I mean, you go back; he was literally there from the start. Uh, in the analyst role, and that'd be you know 18 years. So maybe he just decided, hey, I'm I'm done. Or maybe you know the uh, Fox Sports North Del Valley uh, said, hey, we're we're just going to pay everybody a little less to do this on a rotating basis, rather than having one main guy. That might make most the most sense. It might have been. I just know that he was uh, not always a fan favorite. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously he was a goalie he knows he knows uh the goalie stuff but yeah there were some moments where i'm like okay i'm i'm tired of you yeah so. <laughs> no no kidding no kidding uh, okay uh anything else before we switch back to the uh, to the on ice action no good no you can take it back no, okay no off, i don't I, 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 that's okay i like going down this rabbit hole i like talking about these these media deals these schedule like how you know the, the playoff implications these announcers that that's right up my alley uh, but so, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, the Winter Classic has been a a big time. At least at the start, it was a big time broadcast thing, really competing with the bowl games on January one. Now that goes to TNT, you know, yeah. and that just uh, that feels like it could be a ratings problem. And obviously, the next one is planned at Target Field, so uh, we will have to see how that all shakes out. But um, yeah, that's one thing I'm kind of curious to see. And obviously, the ratings for hockey they are what they are they're not they're not gangbusters but um that that could be ugly uh the first go around here it could it absolutely could especially because you're not putting it on basic cable you're putting it you know on on the ultimate cable package i will i do think though to a degree i think you might see a bit of a ratings boost with espn specifically uh and hockey just like oh my gosh the nhl's back on espn like people are excited about that i think you know as long as there isn't a strike or anything like that which you know there's there shouldn't be a work stoppage here in the in the near future but i mean just that that music uh gets a lot of people pumped up especially myself uh I, i think a lot of people are just happy that the nhl is back on espn and i think you might see some you know People who maybe have tuned it out since it left come back a little bit. That's my expectation, or that's my hope, anyway. Well, I, I think you know, um, you know, how many times do you go into a sports bar and ESPN's on the TV, and and uh, you know there could be nothing on TV, but it's it's up there. You know, that's just sort of the basic channel that, it, that any sports fan sort of goes to. So that's mm-hmm. just a huge advantage to you know. Sometimes your your thumb just finds that remote. Obviously, I've I've worked from home a bunch over the last. You know, really six months and I sometimes have the TV on during the day and we talked about how the options are kind of lousy but uh, you'd be surprised I, I'm kind of surprised myself 
how much my clicker finds ESPN just because I'm a sports fan and I'm just kind of a creature of habit that I like watching it uh, and it's on during the day. Yep. And you and then, and then you have some of that at night when you're showing games. So. Yep. And you never know what breaking news might happen. So, well, well, that's true. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, to the east in the East Division, Boston takes out Washington in a very close series. A lot of games going to overtime. Washington won the first game. Uh, Boston won the final four. I I picked Washington, but I'm not surprised that Boston won. Boston's a very good team. And then you have this Islanders Penguins series, and the Penguins goalie, God rest his soul. I mean, I mean. I mean, he's not dead, but I mean, he may he may want to have been you know dead after that that terrible pass that trying to clear the zone. I mean, he just he threw it right to the Islanders player in Game Five and you know gone right by. The Islanders win three two in double overtime. They have a three two series lead. Uh, I mean, this also this we're we're closing in on the Penguins' demise, or uh, you know where they're not going to be this formidable franchise with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and company. Uh, that was a bad giveaway, but this series has been a very entertaining one for the most part. Well, when every series is going, uh, or you think this series is maybe destined for seven games, literally giving one away just doesn't, uh, it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I can I, well, I think we brought it up in the preview. Yeah, this, this dynasty is on its last leg. Uh, they, have, they have salary cap problems. Um, you know, it's hard to say just how long this is going to ride out, and are you willing how far are you willing to ride out uh, Crosby and Malkin as they start to fall off in their career? And I do want to uh, go back to that that Washington uh, Boston series. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Marchand was terrific in this series. Had some. I mean, just you just see how good of a player he is. You get frustrated watching him because he sometimes does some dirty stuff. But um, and then I, I think you just kind of put the focus on Washington. They got some questions to answer as well. Uh, you know, you got Ovechkin, he's looking for a contract extension, probably will get one, but uh, hard to envision him in a, in a different uh, colored sweater. We'll see if that happens. And it just it just goes to show that these two series in particular, uh, Barry Trotz just leading the Islanders maybe to the second round. And since Trotz left uh, Washington a few years ago, you know, now uh, the Capitals are on their second coach, Peter Laviolette, obviously a smart guy. He's, he's uh, won a Stanley Cup, but uh, they just kind of are rudderless when it really counts here as far as having everybody kind of in the right direction. And um, you, it's hard not to look at Barry Trotz and say, we really let him go for mm-hmm. an extra million dollars or whatever you know, the, the dispute was because you let him go after you won a Stanley Cup, and you just don't see that very often. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a big mistake on their part. And I think you know, for, for Washington, goaltending was just kind of – I mean, Craig Smith, just not a uh, not the guy. Well, it's, it's, Craig he's not Anderson. a guy, Craig Anderson, not a guy not Craig you want to roll with uh, too far into the postseason. And I would say the same thing about Mike Smith, uh, about Edmonton. I, I yep. just I watched that. And I'm like, does Edmonton really roll with this guy? Because I wouldn't. Yeah, not not good there. Not good at all. And then I, what I will say is the most entertaining series thus far is in the Central Division with Florida and Tampa Bay. I You can tell the disdain for both of these teams. And I'll give Miami, uh, you know, Sunrise, Florida, whatever. Uh, I'll give Florida Panthers fans credit because they have come out. They've been very loud. They've been animated. I mean, I file, uh, or I, I file, I'll follow, um, like, you know, the Dan Lebitard show and, and Michael mm-hmm. Ruiz and, you know, Billy Gill, of course, Roy Bellamy and stuff. And Roy Bellamy's the, the, the huge hockey fan on there. But I see, you know, Michael doing, uh, um, 
you know, tweeting about these games and he's at the games and stuff. So I will give the Miami area and Florida Panthers fans a little bit of credit for getting as amped up about the playoffs as they have been. Now, maybe that's because it's Tampa Bay. Uh, like I said, it's, it, that game one was fantastic. Tampa Bay leads the series 3-2. to two. I think ultimately they will win it. They're just ultimately a better team. But, I mean... For my money, this has been the best series so far in these playoffs in the first round. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Uh, they they made the change in goal to Spencer Knight, guy who's only twenty years old. I believe this was only his fourth or fifth game uh, as a professional, and obviously his first playoff start. A guy who was you know playing uh, college hockey earlier this year and had been on the they had the huge uh, win. Uh, around Christmas or, you know, the new year at the World Juniors, you know, to give the U.S. the gold medal. So uh, one of, probably that goaltender of the future, that American certainly, because he's a U.S. guy, we've all been uh, excited to see, and he was great in game in game uh, five. So yep. uh, able to stretch that series out. Honestly, I was, I was uh, stunned. I, I guess I wasn't paying close attention. I was stunned that Florida was the team with the home ice. So obviously that series now goes back to Tampa a lot like, uh, you know, this uh, this wild series where now camp is looking at, hey, can we close this out in game six on our home ice and uh, not have to go back to sunrise for game seven because uh, you just don't want to let this you know, stretch out any further. And, and if you're Tampa Bay, uh, you've got uh, some older guys. You don't want to have these series stretch out any further if you can find a way to end it. I do agree with you. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this thing, but it's just a matter of, you know, how, how plucky will, will uh, Florida be here? And just to hone in on the Florida goaltending situation, I mean, Spencer Knight gives up a goal on his first shot in Game 5 and stopped all the rest of them. And, I mean, Tampa Bay peppered him with shots all all night long in Game 5, and he stood strong in net, which was great. Uh, but, I mean, I remember when Joel Quenville got that job two years ago and Sergei Bobrovsky was the big fish. You know, he, he had a good career in Columbus, and he, he went down for the big money in Florida I don't think it's injury. I, I mean, that that does not look very good right now if he is getting uh, taken out of net for a 20-year-old. And he's a guy, I believe, who has five more years. You can't move him. He's got a no-move clause. Uh, it was a seven-year, $70 million contract. So uh, that thing looks like a boat anchor right now. And you do have the future because uh, you just took this guy in the first round. Now, I can't necessarily blame Florida if, if you think – this is your goaltender potentially for 15 years. How do you not take him? Right. Uh, but, you know, you seem like you're in a tough shape. And I, I'm having a hard time finding the stat that something like Spencer Knight's been in like eight uh, elimination games in the last year, basically. And he's, uh, you know, at the various levels he's been at. I think he's won, you know, five or six of them. So uh, this is a guy who, even as he climbs the ladder, obviously the NHL doesn't get any bigger than that. But uh, he's, he's uh, fared well in the spotlight. Yes, absolutely. And uh, to just to go back to the point on Wayne Gretzky, quick. Apparently, he's really good friends with Charles Barkley. So I mean that. that and that might, might that might have something to do with hey, you know, Turner's going to take care of you. They've done me well for the last however many years. Charles has been on there twenty five years. So mm-hmm. uh, that's you know that's maybe the, the the part that works in Turner's favor. And hey, three million dollars a year doesn't sound too bad either. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And uh, I mean, you know, Charles loves hockey, which is great uh, because you normally. Uh, you don't get NBA guys who are all in on the NHL, but 
Barkley's certainly one of them, so that's good. I'm sure he'll be have a, a, a role every once in a while on the NHL uh, studio show there on TNT. And then finally, this final series between the Predators and the Hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes are playing uh, a dangerous game right now. Uh, they've lost in overtime a couple times. They're down 2-1 right now in the second period at home. Uh, so there's a chance you know, if Nashville wins Game 5, they could close it out in Nashville in Game 6. This would be a real big stunner because Nashville, not that great. And Carolina, top seed in the Central. They or the, not the – I'm sorry, not the – where are they? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah I was. Um, I mean, they're really, really good. So how – I just don't understand the struggle bus that they're having with, with Nashville. But that's playoff hockey. Yeah, I mean, I think Nashville kind of rising up to the challenge a little bit here. Uh, Carolina, I, 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 it's hard for me. I, I, I'll be honest, this is a series I've watched the, the uh, smallest amount of. Yep. But, uh, you know, Carolina was great during the regular season. I, I believe they are third or fourth in the overall points, so they would be, you know, maybe that two seed uh, in the in the semifinals, so yep. they would stay away from, from Colorado or Vegas, I believe. So that's... Uh, that's something to watch, but if you don't get out of this round, uh, then everything kind of opens up. And you go back to that series we were just talking about, uh, the, the floor opens up for Tampa, or uh, we believe Tampa, but certainly Florida could get out of it. and uh, They've got a little bit easier path to that, that semifinal round because in Nashville, uh, you know, they've just had so many things roster-wise. They're trying to figure out some of these guys, again, old. Uh, you know, you're trying to figure out where exactly are we going here. Yep, and it just, I love that the Central Division has the four teams in the southeast part of the country. Uh, no, I mean, you, you look at the divisions and how weird they were, and I mean, even the West is not as weird as the Central when you've got, you know, basically going from Detroit and Chicago all the way down to Tampa mm-hmm. and Carolina and uh, in Florida. I mean, that's... It doesn't get any weirder than that. Yeah, absolutely. And the north, the north is apt because it's all played in Canada, but that stretches, you know, from the eastern time zone to the Pacific time zone. Um, well, yeah, and you were talking about the fan sports. So you go from, you know, you're talking about Carolina here. That that arena is mostly full. Uh, certainly was full, full in in Florida. Mm-hmm. Vegas has cranked it up, and then you watch those those Canadian games. There's nobody in the crowd. Yep. Uh, the you know in Winnipeg they had the one guy in the Bud Light seltzer can uh, dance, dancing for for three overtimes uh, on Monday night. So uh, just what a polar opposite from the two countries right yep. now. And what do you make of the like the fans and the arenas and stuff? Like how much of, how much of, of that? I mean, obviously, it's more aesthetically pleasing to see fans in there and see the cheers and whatnot. But do you think that has played an impact in, or has played a significant role in these series, at least the ones that have had fans? You know, I, I haven't noticed it. If it if it has, I mean, it certainly maybe maybe could have. Um, I just think it's it's uh, it's just kind of a sign of where we're at here with with this pandemic, right? I mean, we're we're uh, we're more than a year into it. Uh, the vaccine is out there, and I think you know. Right, wrong, or indifferent, we're we're moving on, man. I mean, in the U.S., we're we're just going for it. And um, I don't remember who I said it to, but I, you just kind of you get a little nervous about sitting up right next to somebody, considering we really haven't done that for the last year. But if if most of us are vaccinated or or whatever, um, yeah, we might as well go for it. Um, uh, you know, different sport, but it was kind of the polar, you know, really stark difference in the the next series. You know, mm-hmm. uh, where you had. You know, arena where it was full, and then in the non-vaccinated section, everybody was spread out. And 
you kind of want to say, hey, can, can the vaccinated people be, still be spread out, you know? But, uh, you know, we're, we're moving on, and, and, you know, it's a it's a good thing to be uh, having this, considering what, you know, sports has gone through over the last, you know, 14 months yep. up until this point where we have not had a lot of sporting events with fans. Absolutely. Completely agree. So we'll uh, see, you know, how this uh, the first round ends up for uh, the remaining uh, series, and hopefully the second round of the NHL playoffs will be good. But I understand you have some questions for me about uh, the, the either just the stop in, in Murdo or uh, because the little bird told you, um, yes, in Travis, uh, or just more in general. So I'll, I'll I, Yeah, I'm get just curious. You. you made it out to my country, so yeah. I, I'm just curious uh, – what you did, how you how you found it, and uh, yeah, you stopped in Myrtle. So tell me what happened. Well, I mean, so so we went out with with Kelsey and her mom and her stepdad. I know, of course, came came along too. We just of went course, out to yes. the hills for a few days. Uh, Father in law's never seen Mount Rushmore, so I'm like, okay, well, we got to get you out there. Um, and so so we went. And I always love the Black Hills. It's just a gorgeous uh, part of the country, a great scenery. You know, there's a lot of stuff to do. And so we're driving, and, like, if I'm ever going out to the hills, I need to stop at Al's Oasis. I mean, that's, like, it's a. it says it's a South Dakota tradition. Well, it's a tradition for me going out to the hills. I need to stop at some point. Well, we missed that. Uh, point because we just you know just drive in and like okay well you know what, we'll hit it on the way back that's fine and we're driving and driving and like well we got to fill up with gas here sometime soon and I mean we we go through some I, I can't even remember some of these little towns here in right. there but it's like okay does that look great well no not really there's not really a restaurant I find gas station whatever well oh look there's a flying J, you know, a pilot flying J in Murdo yeah. of all places. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, that's not a place where I would say that a pilot, a pilot flying J would uh, would be is in Murdo, South Dakota. So we fill up with gas there, and then this cafe is right across the street. I'm like, okay, let's go grab a bite to eat. Uh, it was packed in there. We didn't go look at like the old car museum and stuff. So Murdo's that's a good call. That's a good call. I've, I've been told it's a, it's a tourist trap. Yeah, it was more just a the opportunity to to um, to go out get a bite to eat. I had a nice taco salad wherever whatever it was called. I can't yep. remember. So then we stopped at Wall Drug on the way there. I mean that was uh, that that was great. It was you know I didn't have any free ice water or the five cent coffee, but you know it's just going in walking through the shops it was hot in wall drug and yeah so and i was i'm a nerd uh so i like to do the license plate game when you're driving out there to rapid city because it's a tourist yep. you know destination and whatnot and i was impressed at how many different states were there just going on the way out like in, in wall drug or in wall south dakota i saw rhode island new hampshire maine was there like what the hell like the whole did New England all just decide to to travel to South Dakota the week before Memorial Day? I don't get it. Uh, but uh, then we get out to the hills. Uh, we did uh, Bear Country and the Dinosaur Museum. Noah loved that. Reptile Gardens. Um, went. We were fortunate that we were able to see Mount Rushmore on Saturday. We tried going there Friday. Uh, didn't work out because it was foggy. Like you couldn't even see anything. You wow. wouldn't even have known that the faces were there. And that's, I guess, apparently uh, 
frequent in May, at least, you get a lot of fog. Like, the Weather Channel never said, oh, it's going to be foggy today. They just said cloudy. No chance of rain for a while, but it was constantly drizzling, constantly foggy. Um, we were fortunate enough that we that the, the fog parted on Saturday afternoon, so we got up there for a little bit. Uh, the praline pecan ice cream at Mount Rushmore is fantastic. Highly nice. recommended. Uh, we did the 1880 train. Uh, that was good. Uh, walked around some shop. I got taffy from the, the Keystone Taffy Shop, which is a, okay. a must. Uh, but it was just... Obviously, we were only there for a few days. Yep. I think you need... I, I would always like to be out there longer because there's so much to do. You don't want to cram too much stuff in. You want to just have time to enjoy everything. And we did. It was very fun. But I could always go for a few more days out there in the hills. It's just fantastic country. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, the more I've lived out here, you kind of have a chance. I, I guess for me, it's kind of been an every other year thing. And sometimes it's worked out. You know, Travis uh, can speak to it as well, where uh, we've been out there for out to Rapid City for a sporting event. Yep. And uh, <laughs> we didn't do it this year, but I know we've done it before. Yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell Volleyball one year uh, was in the seventh place game. You're playing at noon. Uh, you've got the hotel room on Saturday night anyway, so it's yeah. Let's go. Let's go explore the hills uh, and and you know have have some time outside. It is it's it's its own ecosystem weather wise. It obviously gets snow uh, like nobody's business in the winter, mm-hmm. and it's cooler than than uh, the rest of you know that area in the summer, which is great. And uh, I, I would love um, we the South Dakota Newspaper Association is supposed to go to Deadwood. Uh, in in October, so I might have a chance to do that, which would be uh, just terrific. Absolutely. So, um, it's it's. I mean, Mount Rushmore. Um, I, I I've, I've been there, you know, a number of times now. I, I still don't get tired of it, yeah. and uh, yeah. I I hate to be a sap, but I do get kind of that patriotic pride. I guess I do have those bones in my body, <laughs> and uh, you, I just love it. I love it. Uh, it's just a cool place. Um, so last year, uh, right around the 4th of July, my, my folks came out and, you know, the Badlands from here are only three hours. So we made that drive mm-hmm. that you're talking about and, and just did it in a day, did a day trip. And, uh, I'd never been to the Badlands and I mean, that's terrific. Yep. Um, you know, and so, um, went to wall drug. I'm a sucker for all these tourist tourist stops and, uh, yep. anybody who's ever gone on a trip with me knows I love, I love the maps. I, I love soaking in the visitor. Uh, visitor stuff. So we got the donuts at Wall Drug. They they're terrific. Uh, if if you ever have the chance to get those, so oh, I love uh, donuts. I'll have to do that next time. Yes, and so yeah, you just can't really go wrong with it. And I think you know you can sort of speak to how busy it was, but um, if you're there before Memorial Day, what a great time because yeah. it's, it's got to be a little less busy than it will be yep. uh, this weekend with Memorial Day, and obviously for the next three or four months. And yeah, you see people from all over. Um, I you know. You just kind of you think about uh, you know people coming from wherever they're coming from, and if you've come this far to the Black Hills, you're going to keep going to Yellowstone or, or go to Glacier National Park, or maybe you're heading to Colorado or whatever. And it's just uh, yeah, you're going to if you're coming out this far west, you're going to see sort of all these big time national parks that, that are in sort of the that uh, that part of the country. I think I mean I think that there were people I believe from Japan at Mount Rushmore that we saw. I mean, well, so- I I don't I don't want to uh, I hate the, the stereotype, but you you do see a lot of Asian people uh, at Mount Rushmore. Every time mm-hmm. I've been there, that's been the case. Um, you know, whether it's a bus trip, whether you know 
Where, I don't even know where they're starting from, but uh, you know, it is a bus trip a lot of times where they're they're coming through and um, how how South Dakota gets on their their itinerary. I'd love to know. I know South Dakota puts a lot of time into overseas markets trying to get those travelers in. Well, they have, and, well, they have uh, don't they have signs of, like saying you're like only five thousand miles away from all drug in China and. Or well, I, I think they do have some of those, and yeah, it's it's amazing that uh, marketing works, and obviously. You know, some of those people live in the United States. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't want right. to be insensitive, but yeah. um, it's it's uh, you, you you just you see people of all creeds and, and missions and that sort of thing, and um, it's a it's an attraction for all. Absolutely. Yeah, and I fully agree with you 100 percent on Mount Rushmore. I can never stop seeing it going there, and it is that that patriotic. You know, just it's that sense of pride. I get more. I get more enjoyment, or I feel more proud. Uh, to be in American and being in the United States, when I see that, when I see Mount Rushmore, than I do for anything else. And I know that there are all these people who are like, oh, we got to tear down the monument. Uh, like, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Uh, oh, and, and what I would say to that is, you know, drive 15, 20 miles down the road and go to Crazy Horse and learn learn the story there. Yeah. Because yeah. I've done that and, and uh, sort of the whole mission, of course, with the with Sitting Bull is that that, that uh, monument will never be finished. The whole idea is to continue working on it forever, and uh, you know you you sort of gain an appreciation for that as well. So. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, just it's so mesmerizing to both to be just standing there in the face of the mountain of these four presidents, and it it sucks that they, they, they that they were under construction there at Washington. Not the not the faces, but there was right. construction going on at the at Mount Rushmore Memorial, so you couldn't. Uh, it's access to some paths and and trails and stuff was a little um, either closed down or just you know little detours. You couldn't go like I couldn't go stand on the on the left side. That's where the construction was. So as you're walking in, which is where the South Dakota's flag is on. So if I had wanted to, I couldn't have gone and taken a picture by the South Dakota plaque yeah. and stuff. Uh, but I mean, it's it's still just a, a great experience it's a great place to go um and it, it's must see and obviously it it's must see for a lot of people every year I, I was reading some something that they get two million visitors a year and i thought that was a a low number to be yeah. honest with you well for what it's worth i don't think i've ever been there and they haven't been working on something you know whether it was a <laughs> i know they did a big thing with the visitor center I would almost swear that the last time I was there, they were working on the trails on the right side. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it. I, I don't know that they'll ever be done working on that either. They're always trying to fix something or make it better. Yep. So. And to the, to the just to wrap up the uh, the Al's Oasis deal, best strawberry pie in the world, in my opinion. I haven't had strawberry pie better than at Al's Oasis. Yeah, I know I've had pie there, and I'm, I'm doing myself a disservice by not remembering what I had. I've almost... I would guess I probably had strawberry rhubarb because I love strawberry rhubarb. Uh, but I know the strawberry pie is good. I know you really can't go wrong with any of the pies there. No. Nope. Uh, they used to have, uh, and obviously I'm only an hour there, hour from there for work. So sometimes uh, you're in Chamberlain. I've had it where <laughs> I get to expense a meal at, at Al's Waste. Hey, there you go. That. So, <laughs> and, and they used to have a buffet at lunch. I, I, they, I know they stopped even before COVID, but that was great. You know, it was it was your potatoes and it was your Salisbury steak and. And the salad bar and all that stuff. So salad bar uh, you know, was open. The salad okay. bar was open. So that's good. okay. And then you know, I know they they really do like make a big deal out of the buffalo burger. But I love I love the beef commercial or the turkey commercial 
uh, because that just kind of feels like the home style meal that you should have when you go to a place like Alzheimer's. And that's what I had, the open-faced yes. open uh, pot roast sandwich, and it was delicious. I, Marcus, the more we're talking about this, the more we're like, I feel like we're just more on the same wavelength for like everything here. <laughs> you and me, man. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think we're that uh, we're that far off. We we have we have, and I think I think we're coming around. I mean, you're on, you're on my side on Mike Greenberg. So, oh, yes. as far as I know, we're 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 in the same uh, we're in the same ballpark. Here. Oh yeah, nope. I have completely changed my tune on Greenberg, and now I now that we started down that Greenberg rabbit hole, I got to ask you, uh, Kenny Maine's last show, last Sports Center was on Monday. Did you catch that at all? I, I just I just caught the Twitter highlights. Um, I, I guess I've kind of gotten caught in the NBA, so I was I was doing the flipping between the uh, the NBA game, which ended up being a dud, and then the Wild. Obviously, the Wild run. So yep. um, uh, I saw the Twitter highlights. I mean, what an incredible personality! Um, you know, that we're talking about Mount Rushmore. He might be one of those four guys on the Mount Rushmore at ESPN over the last twenty five years, and. Uh, you know, gonna miss him. He's just one of those personalities that I just don't think you really replace. I mean, no, you can't. Um, you can't. I, you know, and he's done so many different things. He hosted game shows. He did little bits on Sports Center. He hosted the you know Sports Center in its glory days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, one of the great things I remember. I know Travis remembers it because I, I think we've talked about it in the last year or so. But he did that thing where he did. Uh, he did the draft, an NBA playoff game, an NHL playoff game, and a Major League Baseball game all on the same day. So it was when the draft was still in New York. He started there. Then he went to you know some sort of play. I think he went to Boston for a, an NBA playoff game. He picked up an NHL playoff game somewhere along the line, and then flew to Anaheim for a baseball game and had it. You know, he, he joined up the broadcast in all four sports. That's fantastic. That was great. I mean, and, and he's a guy that could do that. You know, and he yep. obviously made it funny and, and all those sorts of things and. Um, you know, I know they still do the This Is Sports Center commercial and uh, commercials, but obviously that's the glory days. You know, yes. that's all, all those different commercials, and uh, obviously Stuart Scott was a big part of it. And yep. you go down the line, Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann, and you put Kenny Main right there as well. And they've got a few of those guys that are still there, Steve Levy and, and uh, you know. Scott Van uh, Pelt. Yeah, Scott Van Pelt, but it's just like you, you lose one of those guys. And unfortunately it was – you know, it was a money thing. They like everything is in here in 2021, and um, I don't blame Kenny Maine for leaving. And you know, ESPN's got to do what they got to do. So, yep. um, I hope he, I hope he finds a spot. I hope he does what he's been doing, or does something like what he's been doing. Just be Kenny Maine wherever he is, and hopefully that works out. Yep, uh, him dropping an f bomb though to Aaron Rodgers is just fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. Uh, he can, and he knows they're going to bleep it, so why not? Yeah, yeah. what are they going to do, fire him <laughs> on his <Yeah>. last day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, they're going to bleep it, so yeah, yeah. you might as well. So, yeah. oh, that No, that was great. Uh, hey, Marcus, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, we'll, we'll be chatting throughout these NHL playoffs, but uh, and I, I, I won't be making a, a trip out to the hills you know, between now and the next time we talk, but I'll for sure let you know when that happens again. But thanks for the time, as always, my friend, and we'll chat soon. And I, I, know I, I know I said it when you were out in Brookings a couple weeks ago, but I'll make it to Minnesota a few times this summer, and we'll have to find a time to meet up uh, you know, at some point. Absolutely. So. That sounds good. Oh, and by, so I should just ask you quickly then. Uh, you did not go to Fayetteville to cover Jack's softball, did you? No, but I and I, I know we've been on the phone uh, plenty tonight, but yes. I watched I watched way more of that than I planned on. And uh, I mean, SDSU, uh, you know, they were outmatched in that that series. I don't think they would have beaten Arkansas uh, two times, even if they would have gotten the final. But 
Um, you know, I was impressed with some yeah. of the talent they had on the team. And, uh, man, it's got to be hard to score in softball. I don't know how anybody scores any runs. I mean, those <laughs> pitchers are so good. Yep. And uh, you, you think about uh, baseball pitchers throwing overhand and that ball dropping, uh, sinking. And, you know, base, uh, softball, it's the opposite. That ball rising at the last minute. I don't know how anybody scores in that sport. I mean, the pitching is incredible. It was. It, it sucked that they lost to Arkansas 2-1. to one. It would have been great to have them advance. Uh, but they don't have any seniors in the starting lineup, so they're going to be good. And I guess I think we should – this more overall, I think, should give us more of an appreciation for SDSU athletics in general. I mean, the, the meteoric rise of softball. I mean, it's been a long time coming for the team to get to this point, but setting you know school records and, and playing as well as they did in their first NCAA tournament appearance. But, I mean, wrestling has been very good over the years. Uh, we've seen baseball throw out a few, you know, players like you know, you know Thielbar or you know Blake Trinan. Uh, yep. I mean, the cross country team has been very good throughout the years. Basketball, of course, we know uh, has has done plenty. Football, soccer. I mean, SDSU athletics in general is in a very very good spot. Uh, not that it wasn't, you know, a few years ago, but it seems like it's in even in in even better spot right now. I think this was one of the last frontiers as far as sports that had not won a Summit League title and gotten to the NCAA tournament in a team sport. And, uh, yeah, you know, SCSU softball, I think in your era, certainly in my era on campus, was bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and did not win a lot of games. And so for them to win, you know, 43 games or whatever it was this year and, you know, single-digit losses is just incredible. And um, I know you were on campus a little bit a couple weeks ago. I mean, they really – Put some effort into the softball stadium. It, it looks like a uh, Division One softball stadium. I'd love if this sort of propelled them the ability to get turf, kind of like North Dakota State has, and sure. and you know to the point where okay, if it's nice weather in March, we can play in Brookings. Um, you know, just so that that's one less thing another team can hold against them. Because I have to imagine it's hard to build a, a softball program in Brookings, South Dakota. So credit. To Krista Wood for building that uh, that softball program, and I agree. What a year it has been for SDSU sports. Uh, you know, like I said, I sometimes get jaded uh, by that, but they really have had quite the year uh, in a lot of different fronts, and uh, a lot of credit to them. Yep, and Kristen Roder just got named uh, head coach at Northwestern uh, College there yep. down in Iowa, so in Charlie's neck of the of the woods. So I mean, obviously, we know the role that she had on all those uh, women's uh, basketball teams. So, uh, yeah, it's... it's and that's, a, I mean, that's a that's a great job to take over. At least, uh, you know, NAI was two divisions. It's now one, uh, you know, in the last year or two. Uh, so one division with 64 teams to make the tournament. So, um, you know, Northwestern in, has been to the tournament a ton of times. They're mm-hmm. always usually a top 25 program. It's, it's going to be a little different with the bigger one division, but... Uh, they, that's a great program for her to take over. Absolutely, absolutely. So, congrats to her, and uh, yeah, what a what a ride, what a ride it's been. And uh, we'll, we'll continue this journey through the NHL playoffs, and we'll see what else we could talk about here along the way. But <laughs> always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, take care, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jackin. Marcus Tracks are joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. And boy, I mean, we talk, we have the same thought on Mount Rushmore, uh, the open face sandwiches at uh, Al's Oasis. I mean, doggone it, man. That's, that's, some, that's some stuff you can only get here on the Sports Block Podcast, uh, which is available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, uh, Marcus Traxler at Marcus Traxler. 
we do have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. So that'll be up here, but we'll talk a lot in the NHL playoffs. The NBA playoffs are still going on. Travis Grins is on Twitter, at Travis Grins. I can't, can't not drop that in there. But uh, great stuff there. We talked, you know, the NHL playoffs, the, the TNT and ESPN deal, uh, Black Hills trip, very fun. Um, so great stuff there. Uh, that'll, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back, should be back next week, but enjoy your Memorial Day. Um, uh, it's lake season. Lake season's opening up, so that's great news. But uh, for those that have a long weekend, enjoy it. Thank a veteran for their service. Uh, or just remember all those who gave up their lives uh, so we can enjoy lake season and whatever else we're doing here on this day. So, um Thank you to all those who have served and who are continuing to serve. Uh, That will do it again for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we should have another one next week. So for Travis and Marcus, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Have a great long Memorial Day weekend, and we presume we'll talk to you next week on the Sports Block Podcast.